what's up? <laughs> really? <laughs> it's become a thing now. I'm just trying to get a response out of you when I start the show. Uh, and so far, so good. <laughs> Uh, welcome in folks this is the soco show episode number 90 Uh, and this of this of course is scarlett cohansen and i'm joined as always by seth ott i don't have a cool nickname seth ott's a cool nickname you don't need a nickname your name's seth ott my real name isn't seth what is your real name maybe i'll reveal it someday it'll be episode 100 Mm. (laughs) your real name is sphincter huggins that's what seth is short for correct yeah yeah, you had, to, you had to change it because, you know, Sphincter. I hate when that happens. <laughs> Sphincter is actually an old-timey English name that you should probably not make fun of. Oh, so I was supposed to say Sphincter. No, that's even more offensive. Now you're using accents. Oh, well, I'm, I, you're right. I should be more culturally sensitive. That's on me. Yeah. I'm an asshole. Hey, stop it with the butt jokes. You're right. We're we're a, we're a more evolved and mature podcast now. No more sphincters yeah. and butt jokes. That said, one of the things we're going to do today <laughs> is uh, is an update on the new release rectal exam that of course everybody knows and loves. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be real exciting. We'll come back to that in just a second here. A lot of other fun stuff to hear. We of course are still in Marvel month, so uh, MCU stuff going on and uh, all sorts of fun fun things this week as we are only seven days away now from the release of Avengers Endgame. So uh, get your, uh, start, start planning your bathroom time accordingly to prep yourself for the three-plus-hour marathon. Uh, let's, uh, we, we alluded a second ago to the new release rectal exam, and it is not the last episode of the month, so you may be a little confused as to why we're bringing that up, uh, but we decided we're going to mix up the, the, uh, the exam a little bit on the go forward basis. So uh, we've got a kind of a, a rebrand slash a redesign of the monthly exam. Uh, so Seth, tell the folks what we've changed uh, about it. Yeah, after uh, a whole bunch of whiny little bitches were complaining <laughs> about it, and and you whiny little bitches know who you are. I've uh, I've I've decided to retool the new new release exam because of a bunch of tools. So <laughs> I, th- I, I thought about it a little bit more and decided to rework it a little bit to make it a little bit more of a, of a trivia game. So there's a few more um, stipulations, a few more uh, rules here than just kind of what we had before. But it'll be, I think, a little bit more fun for uh, all of us. I think it, it'll challenge Cody a little bit more. Um, let him flex his trivia muscles that he so likes to uh, likes to work out every once in a while. I know everything. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, also allow uh, the audience to play along too. You can you know you can um, try and see if you can get all these these correct. So a new release rectal exam. It will no longer be the new release re- new release rectal exam. It'll just be the new release exam or potentially a new name that I deem later. But. The new rules are, so it's still the same three categories. So there will be actor, actress, director, and release date. But instead of me giving one out per each and Cody has to guess the movie, I give him the movie. And I'll give him five movies. And he has to get all three of those correct. So, for example, if you if for last month, we would have done it last month, I would have said Shazam as one of the movies. And Cody would have had to have said David F. Sandberg 
um, Zachary Levi on April 6th. And mm-hmm. then he would have gotten that all correct. He has to get three out of five perfect. So as long as he gets those three correct, he wins for the month. So basically, he gets a total of five shots at it. He can miss two. And, and, and again, all of those. So like, for example, if he can get only director and actor, but he can't get the release date right, that doesn't count. He also can't come back to it later. So let's say he only has David F. Sandberg and, and Zachary Levi. And he's like, oh, you know, I can't get the release date. I'll move on to the next one. If he remembers April 6th later on, then he it doesn't count that he's already passed that opportunity. It'll be fun, I think. And uh, like you said, it'll give me a chance to flex. And rather than you listening to me go, hmm, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll learn a little bit about what's upcoming, uh, and mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be cool. Um, so I'm excited the, about it, and I'll, I'm probably going to win every time. So, <laughs> and I will give the five movies up front, so he can choose, you know, what what order he wants to go, you know, all that stuff. So it's not like you know I'm going to just say Shazam, list him now. Like you know, if that if that's the one he feels most most confident in, he'll try that first, or he'll leave that to the end, that type of thing. So mm-hmm. there there is a little more room. There's a little more trivia, a little more challenge, but also. Um, you know, uh, still a little bit there that helps the competitor too. So, yeah. So this month we we're gonna give it a test run. Not this month, but this week because next week starts the official one. So right. this week we're gonna give it a little test run with the MCU movies. With with the the release date, I'm not gonna have him do that. I just do release year. But starting next month, he has to get the official release date correct. So if you look on IMDb and it's, again it says Shazam for example April sixth. Even though there's showings on April, you know, fifth, and then also they had the two week showings before. It's the official release, I guess Friday for most dates, but then also in like mm-hmm. Christmas and Thanksgiving, you also get those Wednesdays. So that'll be, right. be a little more difficult then. But it's that official date, like you see on the poster trailer, or whatever. That's the day. Um, and then also like actor actress, that's a little bit more lenient too. So I'm not saying it has to be the first build in IMDb because sometimes that can be the weirdest people in this case as long as they were you know a, a top star in the movie so again shazam you would say uh zachary levi but he could also said like mark strong that would count too so mm-hmm. i'm stoked for this and i'm especially stoked to do it for mcu because I, I i've been working my as as people know uh, i've been doing a lot of mcu lately so i'm, I'm kind of in it so but mm-hmm. i am it's strange because i'm i'm watching them in order of chronology not in order of release date so that's a little strange. Um, so I think I know my release dates pretty well. I know quite a few directors. The actors should be easy enough. Um, but uh, I'm interested to see how I do. Mm-hmm. Also, and this isn't going to apply here, but if there's ever a movie with multiple directors, you do have to get both the directors because that's a little different. So yeah. All right. So let's do it. And this week, uh, while we're testing the new format, we're also going to be retiring the old rectal exam sounder. So if you like farts, I'm sorry. Um, but for everyone else, <laughs> uh, yay, <laughs> we finally are getting rid of it. And I know that's my opinion on it. So for the final time, uh, we are going to be doing an MCU released rectal exam. Now that it's going away, I think I'm going to... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to miss well, it at all. I think we can officially say that sounder has been flushed. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm going to need to name an actor, the director, and their release year for three out of the five Marvel movies that you have selected. 
Mm-hmm. Seth, what are what are my options here? I, w- I went pretty easy on you since this is the first one and there's no stakes involved here. So your five movies are, of course, the first one that started it all, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that really got everyone hooked, The Avengers. Um, the one that people barely remember, Doctor Strange. <laughs> uh, the surprise hit that people love, Guardians of the Galaxy. And the smallest of the bunch, Ant-Man. Okay. I think I can do this. Um, all of it? Uh, I don't know about all of them. But I, I, I think I can get three. So okay. I'll do Ant-Man first. Ant-Man was released in 2015. Correct. Um, Paul Rudd is the star. And Peyton Reed was the director. Ding. Yes. Okay. Do, do your... Uh... Oh. <laughs> ding, ding. There we go. <laughs> Score one for Co. Correct. I, I just watched go. Ant-Man last night, so I, I was able to remember that. Okay. Um, I'll do Iron Man next. Okay. Uh, this one's an easy one. Uh, 2008, mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr., directed by John Favreau. You got it. Ding, ding. Booyah. <laughs> uh, what, are my, what are my remaining ones? Uh, the Avengers, Doctor Strange, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. I cannot remember who directed Doctor Strange, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that one. Mm-hmm. I, I know I can get Avengers, so I'm going to try Guardians. Okay. Uh, so we have Chris Pratt, uh-huh. and um, it was directed by James Gunn. Uh huh. And was that a 2014 release? You got it. Ding <laughs> booyah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go for four just to show off. Uh, Avengers, the fir- the Avengers, uh, 2012, Chris Hemsworth and uh, Joss Whedon. Yep. Yeah. Ding. I have no fucking clue. Uh, okay, so for for Doctor Strange, it was Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, I don't know the director, but was it released in? Was that in sixteen? Yep. Okay, so I, I, I you don't, don't have any guess on the director? Is. No, I I just I read <clears> it a little bit ago because I was trying to study up a little bit, but I can't remember what it was. Scott Derrickson. Scott Derrickson, what a fucker. I'm pretty good at my MCU trivia, but it'll it'll uh, I don't know how good I'll be once uh, once we're looking forward. And May is a stacked month. I know we got a couple of things we're pretty excited about um, coming up. But hey, this time I was I was the fucking winner on this uh, MCU one. For three for the win, yes, LeBron James at the buzzer. I'm pretty proud of myself. But not surprised, you know, because I, like I said, know everything. That's the new format. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on the tweets. Tell us, uh, tell us whether or not you like it. Uh, we're not going to change it. We just want to know whether or not you like it. Um, <laughs> but uh, for now and and forever, this has been the final edition of the rectal exam. <laughs> Uh, I feel so smart for knowing things and then I feel so dumb listening to all those farts. So I'm glad that, uh, glad we're done with that. Um, and it's uh, the last time. So yeah, we are, we're graduating out of, out of the blatant fart joke. That was that entire segment and, uh, getting into more mature things uh, like sheet tweets. I call you a punk. Hopefully you were able to hear my voice. It cracked and I went into an it went into an she octave. Tweets. Went into an octave that I'm not sure exists. <laughs> a second ago. Yeah, there's a bunch strange. of dogs barking around here. 
whole neighborhood's going nuts. Cheeky baby, uh, he's back on it with the tweets. He's he's had a consistent streak since that little bit of a lull. Iron Cheek was definitely listening to some uh, oldies radio this week, um, and so he had to comment on one of his favorite songs. If you like pina coladas, go fuck yourself. <laughs> it was funny because I didn't. I should have known where that was going, but I didn't. There you and go. so it was a very rewarding experience for me. I'm trying to picture the Sheik singing that song, and it is very, very fun to do. So uh, don't forget, folks, the underscore Iron Sheik on Twitter. Uh, we link to his profile in the description box. If you see a Sheik tweet that you want us to highlight on the show, just go ahead and quote tweet it at Seth Owat or at SoCo Show Pod so we can feature it in Sheik tweets. I still went up again in Sheik tweets. I call you a punk. <laughs> So chic tweets, uh, those are done with, and um, I can't do that. That's too much effort. I'd rather sound like f- <laughs> I did stand up last week, and I made a joke that my voice sounds like a nineteen-year-old white lesbian. <laughs> 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 and um, I, I, I'm okay with my voice sounding like that. It takes less effort. All right. Before we continue, uh, let's pause and let the audience know what this week's code word is. This week's code word is yuppies, <laughs> which I think is a funny word, so this is going to be hard. Yuppies is the code word this week. Let's see if Seth can pick it up. Seth, we've got you back here. You do not know the code word, but America does, and uh, I'm excited to try to slip this one in. That's what she said. Pickle weasel? It is not pickle weasel. Uh, that goes. That's your first guess, so you only have what? two for the rest of the show. That's not fair. I, I'm not the one trying to get in extra guesses, okay? I, no, you should think. I wasn't. You just got to think next time you guess. No, I get. Uh, I still get three. <laughs> so we'll see if you can pick up on the code word. My guess is you will, because I'm probably going to laugh when I say it, because it's out of the word. <laughs> but we'll see. Let's give a shout out to our sponsors. Don't forget, you can link to all of our sponsors in the description box. First of all, we have audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link there. You're going to get your first 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! The description box is also known as the D-Box. The D-Box. Uh, is that one of these? Ding, ding. Uh, what else we got? Mathis Designs. Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Pee! And let's not forget Mike's Wood. We got Etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wed to get your woodworked. Uh. Wow. They're, they're starting to sound less like orgasms and more like old people trying to get out of chairs. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually what I was trying to do. Yeah, well, you nailed it. You crushed it. Very nicely done. Uh, let's move forward, and we're going to bring back, uh, we haven't done it in a little bit, but we're going to bring back our one-word summaries. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out for you. Ooh, one-word summary. <laughs> Seth has searched the internet for three different wacky-ass news stories. He's going to summarize each of them with only one word apiece. Based on those three words, I will choose which uh, story we're going to cover this week on the show. If we don't choose the word you wanted to hear, don't fret, because we're linking to all three stories in the description box, the very famous description box, where you can go for links to all sorts of goodies, to uh, to the stories, to what we're talking about, to timestamps, and uh, to the YouTubes. At Jared Buckendall. So make sure you're checking out the description box uh, as you're as you're listening and when you're finished listening to this show. That said, Seth, what do we got this week for one word summaries? Your words are 
collection, bowl, chase. Hmm. I bet these are all good ones. But I'm gonna. I want to hear what. I bet someone's got a wacky collection of some shit that people shouldn't collection. be collecting. So I'm gonna good go with that one. Good choice. It's one we can all relate to. But I'll tell you the other ones first. Bowl was who is leaving bowls of mashed potatoes around Jackson, Mississippi? My hero. <laughs> that's who. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. I gotta hear more. I'm gonna have to hit the description box. And then Chase was case that began with three naked women at a rest stop ends in high speed chase in Florida. <laughs> that's a uh, Fast and Furious Nine coming this summer. Collection is man sues parents for destroying his $29,000 porn collection. What? What? I gotta know why it was worth $29,000. I will tell you. At seven. (laughs) (laughs) The The man's dad allegedly admitted to destroying the porn and said, I would have done the same if I had found a kilo of crack cocaine. Wow. An Indiana man is suing his parents for a pretty ballsy act. Oh, that's funny. Get out uh, of town. <laughs> I don't read these ahead of time, so when I read them, it's all in... Uh, I just read the headlines, and that's it. <laughs> so I, I did not uh, expect that one. Uh, a pretty ballsy act, destroying his very valuable porn collection. The man, who is being identified only as Charlie, good choice, claims the <laughs> porn stash has an estimated value of $28,940.72. How they got that exact figure, I do not want to know. <laughs> According to the news station, oh, that's they're the ones who valued it, and includes more than 400 VHS tapes, uh, 1,600 DVDs, plus 160-plus CDs, He's doing some audio porn listening. And 70 sex toys. <laughs> what on earth? He is suing his family for uh, a total of $86,822.16, which includes the value of the missing items and the amount it would cost to replace them. Some of the films <laughs> worthy of inclusion include Frisky Business and Big Bad Grannies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my god, this is like nasty. This Big is bad like granny. <laughs> <laughs> That's written in the fucking article. 100% yes. Oh my god, I love the, I love America, man. This is fantastic. This is why we do this. This is like a, a combination of, of our, our of a past segment with this one with the the rip torn or dirty porn. <laughs> did he have uh, any rip torn porn in there? I bet he fucking did. This 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 deviant, this hero. <laughs> Here's another kind of uh, pornish pun here. Things came to a head this week after Charlie filed a lawsuit against his parents. Um, According to the court documents, he moved into his parents' home in Grand Haven, Michigan, while they were going through a divorce. While going through a divorce. So he was... was, How he was married? I have no idea. I wonder Um, what caused the divorce. Yeah, exactly. And I figured he was just living in his parents' house the entire time, but he had not lived there. Uh, he had been moved out for a while. Uh, he stayed with his parents for 10 months. And then a few months later, his the parents traveled to Indiana, Indiana to drop off their son's possessions, but didn't include his massive porn collection. I'd be pretty pissed, too. Not gonna lie. It, no matter what the collection was, like, it's, this is obviously funny because it's porn, but like $30,000 worth of anything is horrible to have, like, destroyed. But how the fuck do you come How do you keep all that? Like, VHS tapes? Uh, maybe he was collecting them for the purpose of selling them, I guess. I don't know, but... 
That is extreme. That's commitment. I'm picturing Paul Rudd standing outside of uh, Steve Carell's apartment, being like, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to take your big, huge box of porn, Andy." <laughs> so this is like a trailer full of porn. Um, the son. So they were going back and forth. Um, the son and the father. And the son said, "If you had a problem with my belongings, you should have stated that at the time, and I would have chosen to. Uh, I would have gone elsewhere. And said you chose to keep quiet and behave vindictively. Vindictively. And the dad said, "Believe it or not, one reason for why I destroyed your porn was for your own mental and emotional health." <laughs> and that's when he said, "I would have done the same. Same if I had found a kilo of crack cocaine. Someday, I hope you'll understand." He will understand, and probably about uh, thirty seconds when he just searches a clip on YouPorn. Yeah, no kidding. This guy needs to evolve. Mm-hmm. Although 70 sex toys, that's quite a bit. Yeah, the sex um, toys would probably be a pretty big portion of the... Sex yeah. toys aren't cheap. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what kind of sex toys this guy was collecting. Do you think he's got like the entire... Like every Avenger he's got a sex toy for? I bet one of the sex toys is he turned uh, his ex-wife's skin into a doll. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he didn't get divorced. She just She just disappeared. Yeah. I hate when that happens. Uh, what do we got here? We got, uh, <laughs> can't believe I married a porn addict slash murderer this week in one word summaries. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out for you. Well, Seth, we got a, a, a recommendation to make and some, some news that I personally have been waiting for for a long fucking time. <laughs> Let's move into video games. Video games. Whoa. We can finally change our names on PlayStation Network. <laughs> I am so excited. Uh, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, I have a horrible and embarrassing screen name on PlayStation Network uh, that I don't want to say because I hate it. And um, Both of those statements are incorrect. That They're, is horrible is and not, embarrassing? Exactly. It is not horrible and embarrassing. You, you, you should be able to tell anyone and everyone that you have that name. You should be proud of it. That's it. I, I'm still not. I'm still not going to say it because uh, it's foul. But um, cervix buster. Okay, yeah, it's cervix buster, and it, I think I hate it more because it's in all caps, <laughs> which just I, I don't, it seems really aggressive. <laughs> but I thought, <laughs> I, I guess, honestly, I, I thought that it was funny in like 2013. So I need to come up with a new name. So uh, maybe I'll open this up to our listeners. If you can suggest a PlayStation Network name, let us know. Tweet it at me or email it to us. All our contact info is in the description box. Send us some send us some of the PlayStation names that you want me to have. And if we get... This is going to be a real thing, Seth. If we get five suggested PlayStation Network names, if we get five from our listeners, I will, I will list the five on next week's show, and Seth can pick from those five. Oh, hell and yeah. I, and I will change my PlayStation name to that. Now, don't be a twat. Like, make them decent name. Like, they can be funny names or dumb names, but don't make them gross like Cervix Buster. I'm trying to get away from that. But, like, whatever the names are, if we get only, only if we get five or more, though, I will give, I will offer them up to Seth for, for choosing, and I will switch to whatever he picks. I, I already have one suggestion. You don't get to suggest. You get to pick, and it's, that's it. Well, someone else can suggest it. It's going to be Cervix Buster. <laughs> 34 <laughs> that one won't count five qualifying name <laughs> suggestions and and we'll come back next week and pick my new playstation network name i think this will be fun so get creative out there folks 
and um, <laughs> you might get to pick my next PSN name. <laughs> It was, I, I was, I was looking at my messages just the other day and I was like, this is gross. Like I got to change my name so badly. So do you think they're going to like, if you, if when you, like when you do change it, like they're, they're all going to show up outside of your apartment, like in like cloaks, like black cloaks and hoods and like with candles and just like wait for you to come out and be like, why? I hope not. That's going to scare the shit out of me. It's like me. a, it's like a cervix gang. <laughs> <laughs> oh no the survey are going to come after me. They're like the Illuminati, but instead of a triangle, it's a circle. <laughs> Submit to me either on Twitter or by email your suggested PSN names. If we get five of them, then Seth will pick from those next week. So come back and, and look forward to that. While you're, uh, while you're thinking about PlayStation, though, Seth, we got a recommendation to make for a game that you and I have downloaded, and I beat the pants off you last night in. Uh, <laughs> that's, fr- that's free right now on PlayStation. Well, I'm not even going to say, because you're making straight-up lies about it. <laughs> I won, like, seven games. It's a very fun game. Uh, it's called Brawlhalla. It's not like Hala. It's H-A-L-L-A, so Hala. I don't know if, like, that's meant to be, like, a... Well, it's Valhalla. I've... Valhalla, there we yeah. go. I was trying to think of, like, what, that's, what that is. So, um, B-A-W-B-R-A-W-L-H-A-L-L-A. Um, I, I don't know if it's on Xbox, but I know... It's on PlayStation for free. It's basically Smash Bros, but with uh, not licensed characters other than a, a couple. Like, you can buy Hellboy and Rayman's on there. And, like, Thor's on there, but it's not MCU Thor. It's, like, uh, you know, Norse mythology, uh, generic children's book-looking Thor. But uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's very Smash Bros-esque. There's, like, items to pick up and different weapons to use once you pick them up and different charge attacks and, and little guns and different stages. And I mean, it's definitely Smash Bros. Smash Bros. light. And cause like a lot of the, the, um, a lot of like the, the maps and stuff are kind of just very generic They They look a little different, but they're pretty much the same for the most part, but it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's definitely one to, one to check out if, if you're friends with, uh, either, uh, chef five, five, six, four, who is me or a uh, cervix buster. <laughs> Soon to be Cervix Buster 34. Um, <laughs> then uh, uh, definitely hit us up. We would love to uh, smash smash you. Gross. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Definitely check it out. While you were saying that, I, I did some research. You can also get Brawlhalla on Xbox and on PC for free. So it's a free-to-play game. And uh, you can get it on all platforms. So get it. Uh, if you're on Xbox, CO34 is my gamer tag. I'd love to whoop you. Uh, I've been using Thor a lot, swinging that Molnir around. So, yeah, check it out. It's very fun. It's it's super. I mean, we, we played it for hours. Like, mm-hmm. very very cool party game. Um, and yeah, just a blast. So we recommend Brawlhalla. You can Holla. see the spelling in the description box. All right, one more thing actually before we leave video games. Uh, we talked last week briefly about the upcoming Jedi uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order that is going to be released later on. Well, we think later on this year. Yes, it is November. Um, it is. Okay, November. And uh, we didn't have a lot of detail, but a lot more details were revealed over the weekend. And I got to tell you, everything we found out made me very excited, Seth. We got a story. It's a story mode campaign, no multiplayer. So it's mm-hmm. all story mode campaign. And it's based on a, a secret Jedi who is trying to hide because Order 66 is in effect. Order 66. Order 66. Exactly. If you don't know Star Wars, uh, the Emperor declares that all, all Jedi are to be killed. And so this character is a Jedi trying to hide the fact that he's a Jedi so he doesn't get murdered. 
and it seems very cool. There's a theatrical type trailer that released that was awesome. I'll link to that in the description box. And this got me very excited. I, I'm a Star Wars geek, though, so obviously that was going to happen. Where did you land on this? Were you were you stoked by what you saw? Yeah, it was cool. Um, so, uh, of course, Jared and I were in Chicago this weekend for celebration, and uh, Jared was able to be at the panel for this one. Um, I'll let him talk a little bit more about that. He'll be on a little little tease. He'll be on next week's show. Not next week's show. Two weeks from now show, right? Yes. That'll be two 90, weeks from now 92, show. I think. 92. So he'll be on in a couple weeks, um, talk about some of the experiences and stuff like that. But um, got a little bit of relay message from him. It sounds like gameplay style will be like a God of War, like over the shoulder type style mixed with like an Uncharted kind of like traversing and stuff like that. So that'll be pretty cool. That's definitely down my alley for gameplay. Um, the main character is voiced and I think mocapped by the same guy from, he plays Joker on Gotham. So I do like him a lot. Except for when he's looking like old gravy, but <laughs> I knew he looked familiar. That's Cameron Monaghan for those who know mm-hmm. the name. Uh, yep. great actor. I I knew he looked familiar in that trailer. That's, that's cool. That's mm-hmm. And I think it takes place. I'm, I know I'm mixing. I think I'm mixing this and the Mandalorian up. But I think they did mention it takes place um, sometime after the original trilogy. I th- I think the like sometime after Jedi. Maybe I can't remember though. I think that might be the Mandalorian, uh, but Order sixty six happens at the end of Episode three, so before or before the original trilogy, but after the prequel trilogy. Yeah, that's right. So I think I it, would is, assume it was it's, between. I would assume it's in that slot. Between those movies, yeah, I think I knew it was in, in, during the original thing. I just can't remember exactly when, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so it's cool. I, I'm I'm actually excited for this one um, with the gameplay style they're going for and. Um, the talent they got involved with it and, and all that stuff. Like that's my, that's my type of game. Just, you know, throwing some lightsabers. Um, you got me. So not a huge, not, I'm not huge into star Wars, but that's something I will be, be, uh, on board for. Well, star Wars just, I mean, everything about star Wars lends itself to a great single player third person game. And we've gotten a couple, you know, battlefront's been good. Uh, force unleashed has been good. A PC has had more uh, more stuff going on, but I think this might be the one that we've been waiting on. It looks very, very cool to me, and I'm very excited for it. Mm-hmm. So make sure you hit the link and check out the theatrical trailer for that one because it'll get you pumped up. November is when this game drops, so you, just in time to uh, play through it before Star Wars 9 comes out. We'll be talking about Star Wars 9 in just a little bit. Um, but uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order this November, so make sure you're checking that out. That's going to do it for video game news this week. Let's jump into this week's Hycothetical. What you want, what you want, what you gonna do? And what you gonna do? Tell me what you wanna do. Hypothetically speaking. Mm, Seth has Gross. figured out some sort of some sort of twisted choice for me to have to make or or uh, or well it could be anything. Basically, Seth can ask me a hypothetical question. It's really that simple. I mean, it should be it should be obvious. What do you what do you got for me this week, Seth? So last week I talked about the documentary on YouTube called The Boy Band Con, mm-hmm. and so the hypothetical this week is: Which boy band would you like to screw over? Um, no. Um, <laughs> this the, the, so the hypothetical this week. So got me got me thinking about the boy bands and stuff and. People like the music around boy bands are very divisive. Some people love it, some people hate it, some people have gone back to enjoying it. I remember back when we were kids, it was either you hate it or you love it type of thing. You love Eminem or you love NSYNC. So, for this one, 
for the boy band. So you have to choose one boy band whose songs will you will hear every morning. Everyone will hear uh, every morning as they wake up. So it's it's kind of like an alarm, but it just as you wake up, you hear their music in your head. It plays through the entire library of their music, though. So this is no matter what. When you wake up, you hear, you know, it's tearing up my heart. But it'll go, you'll hear through the entire library uh, as the days go on. So, like, you hear that song the next day, then the next day you hear it, bye, 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 that type of thing, right? <laughs> um, so, you, but you have to choose only one boy band through the entire library. For the rest of your life, you hear one song when you wake up every morning. So once I get through the library, it just cycles back to the beginning? Yep, yep. Okay, because I was thinking about thinking about picking and, a, picking like a failed boy band that like had one single and then I'd just be done with it. <laughs> but everyone hears this song and they know you choose you. They know you chose it as well. <laughs> mm, okay. Uh, well, I I have my answer and it, it's gonna surprise you. I think. Um, so when I was growing up, it was funny because when I was growing up, Backstreet Boys in my small circle were more popular and I had Backstreet Boys like greatest hits CDs and things like that. So I, I loved listening to the Backstreet Boys. And then when I was in college, kind of NSYNC made this strange little comeback, at least in my group, where people were listening to a lot of NSYNC songs. And so was, I never really was sure which band I liked um, between the two of them. So I'm not going to pick either of them. I am going to pick One Direction. And oh. I, know, I know that's a little bit of like, oh, you know, but uh, given our age, and anyone younger than us, One Direction is the only boy band they're aware of. Uh, maybe like Jonas Brothers or DNCE, but like maybe like BTS. Ooh, I wonder if I could pick BTS. They're a boy band. BTS is fucking awesome. But I'm I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with One Direction. Um, I think their music is they have a lot more mature music than people realize. Not like s- s- cursing and stuff, but like their their music <laughs> Baby, is <you> lied about- <laughs> <laughs> like some of their stuff is very very dumb and poppy, and especially some of their earlier stuff. But they eventually got into a lot more mature stuff. Their last, at least their last album, you could argue that their last two albums were pretty mature and actual good music and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know, once a, once a quarter you'd have to listen to <laughs> That's What Makes You Beautiful uh, in the morning. But I would argue that that would be a pretty good way to wake up. Uh, even, even, their, even their, you know, super poppy teenage girl stuff is, is pretty catchy. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to confidently say One Direction is who I would pick. Because I actually just really like their music. Okay. That's interesting. It's, I mean, yeah, that BTS thing you're talking about, I feel like, because, like, everyone hears it. You mm-hmm. know, everyone's going to hear this in the morning. And your old people who, you know, are just like, what? You know, they're 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 going to be very upset by hearing that kind of music. <laughs> like, but at least, like, One Direction does, like, you can start it off with, like, you know, their poppier stuff. And the old people might be like, hmm. But at least they wouldn't be like, what is this? Yeah. So. And they've got some ballads. And they wouldn't make, like, they wouldn't say racist things about the guys from BTS. Um, but <laughs> while we have, while we're on the subject of BTS, I, w- I do want to mention, they were on Saturday Night Live this past weekend with Emma Stone. They were the musical guest. And their two performances that they did were awesome. It was so perfectly like throwback to boy bands, like full out choreography, like headset microphones. It was awesome. It was so cool. And they're great fucking dancers. They're fine singers, but their, their, their music is amazing. It's even though you can't understand it, it's awesome. So I would, I'm going to, I'm going to link to these 
uh, under the hypothetical and just go watch their musical performances from SNL. And if you can watch some BTS music videos, like on YouTube, specifically the one for, um, uh, Mike drop is the name of their song. It's got Steve Aoki in it. And it's an amazing music video. It's so fucking cool. And it's, it's total boy band, like throwback type, but like hard and awesome. I, I love BTS. I'm just, I just, I do. Um, and I have for a little bit, but, uh, I, I still pick one direction for this, this challenge because it's about waking up in the morning and stuff, but BTS is close because they make bangers. And I especially think people should watch the SNL one. Don't skip. If you're watching SNL, don't skip the musical performance. Like you probably usually do. Um, <laughs> but stick around and watch BTS. That's my plea. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking through the uh, description of our show here, and I don't see anywhere where we uh, started making musical suggestions, so you should probably stop. Oh, okay. Well, that's right. <laughs> I guess we don't really talk music much on this show, but yeah. But if we were going so, to, we would talk about BTS in One Direction. Stay in your goddamn lane. Also, BTS, like, while we're on... And we, maybe we'll cut this, I don't know, but, like, <laughs> on the subject of boy bands, BTS is so loved like as much as i remember nsync and backstreet boys being loved like bts is that level right now um mm-hmm. when they were on saturday night live they they had to like wait for people to stop applauding and like i've seen lady gaga and fucking kanye and every artist you can think of has been on snl and i've never seen that much applause where they've got to wait to start the show and then before like when they start applauding and then they cut to commercial, they didn't cut to, they waited for all the applause and it went on for like ever. And then they made a couple <laughs> jokes about BTS and like weekend update. And they had to applause break just because people just instinctively, they just scream their fucking heads off when you say BTS. So yeah, um, it's, it's cool. It's so cool that they're, they're this huge thing and they don't even sing in English. Yeah, it's strange. And like, yeah, I know Emma Stone had mentioned that she's a huge fan and all that stuff. And, uh, um, they were on Fallon and did like a little thing with Fallon and like it was it was like a vignette thing like they filmed outside. So it wasn't even like they were in studio for that part of it. But like during the entire video, it was just a crowd full of BTS fans and like the entire video, they're screaming. It's like you can't even hear what was going on in the video. I'm like and it's I mean, mostly, you know, teenage girls, it sounds like. But like, holy crap. It's incredible. It really is. One other thing that I want to uh, kind of recommend to folks on Netflix, I've talked in the past about Explained, which is a documentary series that Netflix was putting out for a while. I think they might be coming up to a season two, but uh, last summer was when they were releasing them. They did a, uh, a an episode on K-pop, and it is very cool. The way, that, the way that K-pop is made and the way that BTS as a group was put together is very cool. Like, they turned boy bands into a science, and then they perfected it, and that's what K-pop is. Like it is the purest boy band that you can do is, is K-pop and BTS is the best example of that, that we have right now. So I would, I would recommend that explained on Netflix and it's the episode on K-pop. You didn't know you were opening up Pandora's box when you started talking about Jesus. boy bands. Today, no more music things ever again. <laughs> Good God. That's why we don't talk music on this show. <laughs> All right. We got to get off this topic. Let's move away from our hypothetical this week and into the world of television. That's what she said. TV. Seth, our, our lead story this week has to do with Disney Plus. And we could also have put this in, in, in movies. But um, we heard a lot of new things this week about Disney Plus, And a lot of what we heard was dealing with TV shows. Um, so the first bit of news about Disney Plus, we know when it's going to release. 
and we know what it costs. And it sounds like it's going to be coming out later this fall. I think November, if I have that right, mm-hmm. um, is when we can expect it. And the price is going to surprise some folks. Only $7 a month. Um, and it's only it's under $6 a month if you buy a year at a time. So a great price point. Uh, with Disney Plus, we're getting all Marvel movies, all Disney movies. Everything out of the vault is coming. Um, I think National Geographic has somehow worked into that. So they have some stuff coming out. And a whole bunch of new shit that is going to be included. Uh, I think the Disney Pixar movies are all coming over. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of great shit. And uh, in addition to all of those things, there's a lot of original content coming out. And there are, let me see if I can grab a list of some of the, um, some of the things that are coming out because it's, it's pretty steep. We talked about Monsters at Work last week, the Monsters, Inc., uh, sort of follow up. I've, there are two different Toy Story spinoff shows coming out. There is <laughs> well, Mandalorian, obviously. The Mandalorian. What, what's exciting about the Mandalorian? It is it will be available on release of Disney Plus. So in November, the first episode when it launches, you're going to be able to watch the Mandalorian episode number one, which I am stoked for. Of course, diving back into Star Wars, MCU stuff. We have a Loki show. We have. Um, a Falcon and Winter Soldier show, which I am so excited for. I think that's going to be awesome. And all these things are star are like with the original actors, which I think is incredible. That there's one that's in. there's one that's interesting too. Is uh, it's like a what if type of show that they're doing. Like the first episode is what if Peggy Carter took the super serum instead of Steve Rogers. Oh, cool! I knew that was a and comic it, series. I didn't know that they were doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading that here now. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. There's a Hawkeye, a limited run Hawkeye show coming mm-hmm. out, which is awesome. I'm glad Jeremy Renner, Jeremy Renner is going to get to one of the characters from Star Wars Rogue One is having a spinoff. Um, Isn't K2SO or whatever going to be in that? Yeah, K2SO is going to be. It's Cassian. I can't remember his, Andor? his full. Yeah, Cassian Andor. Um, he's getting a spinoff. And they're, like I said, we mentioned the Marvel stuff. I hated that movie, and I remember that. Well. The movie, you need to watch it. I'm telling you, you got to watch that again. You'll like it more, I swear. There is, Jeff Goldblum is doing a documentary series. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Like, it is a shitload of original content. That sounds awesome. There's a Mighty Ducks show. Well, also, too, all of the Marvel, Disney, whatever, whatever Disney releases now um, in theaters, the day it comes out on DVD, it's on Disney+. Plus. So there's no waiting. This, as soon as the movie comes out on DVD, it's on Disney Plus. That's amazing. That's I think. Yeah. I think that really is a game changer, for mm-hmm. sure. Another one. I'm another project I'm excited for. High School Musical: The Musical: The The Series is what it's called, and it's going to be about uh, a what? group of kids at a school that are that are working on a musical. Version high of musical? High School Musical, yeah. So it's about the kids trying to put on a musical. Is it based a docu series? No, no. It's a, it's a, it's like a comedy scripted. But uh, it's the weirdest idea I've heard in a long time. That sounds awesome. And then also, um, they announced there's a series that is based off of not Love Simon the movie, but the Love Simon. So Love Simon's based off a series of books, and they're they're doing a series of Love Simon based off of some of the books in that in that franchise that's awesome and we love love simon so yeah. that will be kind of cool if it stays in that same vein uh, that'll be something that i will definitely check out basically 
it's it's just a there's just a thousand bangers coming out on this Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. It's only seven bucks a month. I gotta imagine, Seth, that you're gonna be in on this like I am. Fuck no. <laughs> I'm waiting I'm waiting for the Michael Bass streaming service. <laughs> Give me all the Transformers. No, yeah, definitely we'll be getting uh, Disney Plus. I've even debated like doing the year because I'm I'm assuming that seven dollars a month is not going to last that long. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. It's too, there's there's too much stuff. And like even like the last couple of weeks they've been announcing you know this is coming, this is coming, this is coming. And I was thinking like honestly, even if it's fifteen dollars a month, I would still get it with all the stuff coming up. Like if you're a fan of the MCU, MCU, you can't miss all these series they're doing mm-hmm. because it's gonna it. It, it's all within the MC. It's technical. Like, the Daredevil stuff, like, it, it was associated with the MCU, but it wasn't technically part of it, and there wasn't any characters that were in the movies. Now it's all characters that are in the movies, and some of these take place prior, some of these take place during some of the stuff we've seen, and some of them take, take place in current time. They've they've mentioned all that. So you're, you're going to miss stuff, and that, that's part of what they're drawing you in and why they're doing it is, you know, because if you miss it, you're going to miss something in the movies, and people are just insane about the mcu so they're always wanting to get as much of it as they can and you know this that's honestly all that stuff is what was going to get me to buy it anyway it was all of these mcu things but now they're you know they're, they're talking about all of all of the extra stuff like you meant like i mentioned too and like you said the game changer is adding movies the day they come out on dvd like i'll probably still get certain blu-rays for the 4k stuff but i, I mean i don't know if disney plus is going to do 4k or not but for the most part i'm not going to buy a these Marvel movies anymore other mm-hmm. than you know, maybe like you're I'll probably buy Endgame because I want to see that on 4k but for the most part I'm probably not going to buy these Marvel movies on 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 Blu-ray anymore and um same thing with like Disney movies and and all that stuff and having the library I mean it's and it, I think they also said there's going to be like over 5,000 hours of Disney like channel uh, stuff on there from the past so like that's just it's just an insane it's either 5,000 hours or 5,000 episodes of Disney, you know, like shit people watch as kids. I didn't watch Disney as a kid, but a lot of people did. Um, all that shit's going to be on there. So, I mean, it's it's pretty insane. It, it's crazy. And, you know, we, we've talked at length in the past about Disney and the apparent monopoly that they have. And this this really seems like them cashing in on that, right? Like, if, if all of the MCU so far was to butter us up so that we would commit to getting Disney+, Plus, it's worked. Like, if this mm-hmm. was if this was only an MCU streaming site, if it was only that, and you paid seven bucks a month to have access to all movies of the MCU all the time, you would that would still save you money. Because right now, I'm working through the, uh, the MCU, and I'm there's a lot of them I'm having to rent. Some of them we own, and some of them are on Netflix, but like a lot of them I'm having to rent. And they're three or four dollars a piece to rent. You know, times 20 movies, that's 80 bucks, right? So mm-hmm. the if I paid for a year all up front at the price of about what is it like $70 then i've i've just if even if i just watched the mcu once in the course of a year i just saved money and then you're not only getting that but all star wars like i paid a shit i paid like $120 to get all the star wars movies like 3 years ago mm-hmm. and i'm going to be able to watch them all for free or not for free but for a low low price now like this is amazing and i i dislike disney as a whole and as a company but like this you can't. I mean, you can't not do it. At the very least, mm-hmm. get a friend to do it and get their fucking password. Right. I'll make you a deal. You get Netflix, I'll get Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I already have Netflix, so I don't need it. Um, All right, give me your password. You also already have my HBO, so I think you should probably be the one to get Disney. Nah. 
<laughs> well, Disney Plus, we still have to wait a while, and we'll still probably get announcements for some kick-ass shows coming out, but it seems like a lot to be excited about. So we, we certainly are uh, here at the SoCo Show. So we got a couple other pieces of news uh, from shows that are all streamable. It seems like uh, streaming is, is sort of the theme today. Uh, possibly Amazon's most popular show, and they've added a character or at least an actor that I know you're excited about. No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he said, fully erect. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, so the, obviously one my favorite show on TV right now uh, I've talked about is uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I did give that a five, didn't I? I don't remember, but if it wasn't a five, it was damn close. I think I did give it a five. I think it would be the only show to get a five on my on my uh, on on my TV corner rate ratings, but uh, yeah, uh, Mrs. Maisel um, next season should be coming out. I think usually it's like a late summer, September, or, you know that time. Um, and Sterling K. Brown has been added to the cast. They're filming currently, and uh, Sterling K. Brown has been added to the cast. Um, a pretty awesome cast um, already. At him, he's one of the best actors working out there, in my opinion. Um, I don't know if Zachary Levi will be back for this season. I hope he is, but um, it is uh, it, it's a it's a really fun cast. Sterling K. Brown can do um, you know he can, he can do drama obviously really well, having won Emmys, but also uh, he can do comedy really well. So I think he'll fit in super well with the cast. Yeah, it'll be cool. I'm curious because of the the time period that it's set in. If there will be some storyline around him <laughs> being black, I could see that. Yeah, I would. In fact. It would almost be irresponsible if they didn't mention it. <laughs> but um, no, that's very exciting. Uh, fantastic actor and a fantastic show. So mm-hmm. um, sounds like a marriage that is uh, something to be excited about. Another story of an exciting black actor joining an already uh, critically acclaimed show that Seth watches uh, <laughs> is this next story as well. Uh, Westworld has been a huge, huge hit. <laughs> Seth, you've been keeping up with it for a while, even through its batshit craziness. Uh, especially mm-hmm. in the last season. And there's another new addition to that cast as well. Yeah, a couple of pieces of news, the Westworld. Um, but yeah, the addition of the cast is Lena Waithe from, um, you know, or from, I guess we know her mostly from Master of None. I don't, I can't really think what else has she done. She's, um, she's like executive producing, I think, The Shy on Showtime, which I guess has oh, been, yeah. been pretty well received. That's kind of her major thing right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, Selena Way. She she she's won Emmys for writing and stuff, and she's done done some acting work and stuff. So she she'll be um, added to the cast. But uh, that that uh, the next season, season three, actually will not premiere until 2020. So it'll likely be around like an 18 month break. And they they took a, about a 16 month break with between one and two. So yeah, quite quite a wait for those who are fans of Westworld. Uh, I I mean. A lot of times with the weights, it's good because they're taking their time to work on it and stuff like that. But I know part of this, too, is that this, the cast in general has been working a lot. Um, I know they added, like, Aaron Paul this year to the cast, and he's wor- been working a lot. I know he's working on the Breaking Bad movie and stuff, too. So it's uh, I think a lot of it might be down to scheduling, too, but it does give them more time to work on the on the, on the, on the script. But, but that amount of time between the seasons, I'm already confused mm-hmm. from the last season. And I'm not going to know a single thing what's going on season three, but um, hopefully they wrap it or they give it a good recap beforehand. Yeah, it would take one hell. I mean, it might take a, a textbook to, to fully <laughs> understand everything going on in Westworld. So uh, HBO is certainly not shy about making folks wait. You may have heard about a show that came back this weekend. Uh, Game of Thrones is, of course, back for its final season 
And I mention that because I feel like we have to <laughs> because it's Game of Thrones, but you and I don't watch it and, and I'm, I've never been a fan of it. Um, but uh, it seems like people are in general. Uh, it's been a huge, huge deal. And I'm, I'm curious, that to, I know we didn't, we didn't plan on talking about Game of Thrones, but I'm curious, have you, for me, this seems like as big a thing as any other show that I remember. Like, can, I know Breaking Bad was really big at the end and The Walking Dead has been big at times, but has anything been as big as Game of Thrones is right now? Probably not for a, a long time, no. I, I mean, yeah, like the finale of Breaking Bad might have been close, but that's really about it. In, in the age that we live in now, it's just like, I, nothing's probably been this big, honestly, since probably Friends. Mm-hmm. And, and that's still at a time when there wasn't, you know, 300 channels to watch. You know, the, there was, you know, cable was starting, but it wasn't, uh, and, and cable, I guess cable had started, but it, I mean, network TV was still big. You know, Friends Friends is pulling in 20, 30 million viewers a week where, I mean, Game of Thrones really, I mean, we don't, I guess I don't know the exact numbers for Game of Thrones per week, but it's probably not even that. It's probably we not had, even the 20, uh... 30 million. Looks like the season eight premiere had 17.4 million. Okay, so pretty close. Um, but I think in the age of social media, too, that also, like, that's huge numbers for anything. But in the age of social media, I think that helps blow everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, when people were watching Friends back in the day and stuff like that, Seinfeld, too, like, that's more, like, people talk about that, like, on, you know, on, on news. And when people are watching TV all the time, you know, people watch, people were more aware of it then and, and, you know, people at work were talking about it, and people do that with Game of Thrones too. I think, I think it's kind of a, yes, it's huge. Game of Thrones is the biggest thing since probably then, but I think just based off social media and the amount of times you scroll on your phone as opposed to like, you know, once a day watch the news, it's a little different, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's huge. It's still huge. I mean, it's it's not, not taking anything away from it, but I think it's it's a little hard to compare it, just generally in in in, in the landscape of TV. It's the highest season premiere of any show to be on HBO. And you know there have been mm-hmm. some good some good shows on HBO. Apparently last season, if you factor in all of the streaming and stuff that's happened since, last season averaged 32.8 million viewers per episode. Mm. And that is psycho. And of course, that's over a long time. There's probably some repeat viewings and things mm-hmm. in there, especially with people catching up for the new season. But that those are crazy-ass numbers. That's, that's almost Bird Box numbers. and um as much as i you know i'm not a fan of the show or whatever it's still very cool to like get to kind of witness the the phenomenon of it all and uh i don't know it's kind of exciting even if you don't like the show and for those who are like watch the fucking show i tried it and it's not for me so like leave leave me alone i don't know if you have yeah yeah i've watched a couple episodes and yeah it's just not and then people say you gotta watch you know the first season or whatever it's like (laughs) You gotta okay, com- I'm gonna. You gotta commit to twelve hours of it, hours. and then you can decide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so no, no shade. Every, everybody else enjoy, but don't don't try to make me watch it. So that is uh, that's all of our TV news. Let us know what your thoughts are on Disney Plus. Are you gonna be Are you gonna be day one Disney Plus like Seth and I? Uh, no, we're not gonna share our password with you. So don't even ask. Uh, with that, we don't watch Game of Thrones, but uh, we are gonna talk in a second about a show that Seth watched. Uh, I don't know if it'll get a five out of five like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but let's see we got what we got this week in the TV corner. Television down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. I honestly didn't know that this had happened. <laughs> uh, this show kind of has gotten lost, I think, um, not only to me, but I think probably for 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 some others as well, and just kind of buried in in the the Netflix 
the avalanche of Netflix things coming out. But uh, season five of a show that I know you've kept up with since the beginning. Yeah, um, I didn't know it was it was going to be on. Uh, it, I didn't know the the newest part of the season would be released either. Um, <laughs> it just kind of surprised me when it came up. But yeah, it was uh, Arrested Development, the the final part of season five. I guess season five part two. I think it was like ten episodes, ten or twelve episodes. Arrested Development. It. So I mean, it's kind of the show has kind of had a weird, weird saga to it. A weird path. Um, it was like the first three seasons were on TV, and then four and five have been on Netflix. And the so the, the thing we've talked about before, the fourth season was kind of it was filmed in a way where the cast wasn't all together at once. There's only a couple scenes that are all together. And it was kind of jumbled and weird. And then the first half of season five was better because they were all together uh, and stuff like that. So you kind of got that dynamic back. But it didn't really seem like they knew 100% where they're going with the story. And then that kind of made itself even more evident with the second half of the season. So, I mean, obviously you have the same cast of characters that you've always had. I, I feel like they weren't sure if they were getting another season out of this or just felt like they wanted to end it very quickly because they had a, they had a storyline kind of, they wrapped up a few things from, from this first half of the season, but I, I, I slowly was getting more, more and more upset about at this show because they, there were scenes where they would film them. For example, there's a scene where, um, I only know the character name, but Michael Bluth, who is, uh, Jason, Jason Bateman. Why can't, Jason Bateman, Jesus Christ, and Will Arnett, who plays Job, they're in a like a conference room, but it's filmed outside of the conference room. So the camera's outside of the conference room, and there's like blinds, but they're open, so you can see through it, but the blinds are covering up their mouths. So they're having a conversation, but it's very clearly recorded after with ADR. Uh. They do that multiple... There's like four or five different times throughout the second half of the season where they do that. So it's like they clearly filmed something to be like oh we'll fix it later we'll do this later and that that was annoying like at least in the first half of the first season or the fifth season they would film like people behind like green screens and stuff and that's what happened with Portia de Rossi in the in this the first half that she she was in the show but she was like green screened in all the time mm-hmm. same thing same thing happened here I know that they green screened in a couple characters and they also like filmed them talking to each other, like clearly act talking to each other and then added the dialogue later. And it was like, that's when they were trying to figure out like where the story is going to go. And so it was just very like jumbled together. It was very messy with where the story went. The f- They ended the season like it was the series finale. So that made sense in that way, but it was just very sloppily done and wasn't because they were forcing a lot of stuff it didn't feel funny like everyone who knows a show like the best part of the show is when these characters interact with each other like and the chemistry comes from them all them all being in a room and playing off of each other like the show was very it's scripted but it's also very like ad lib and fun when it's at its best and this especially this last half of the fifth season was neither of those things it was not Mm -hmm. fun it was not ad-libbed it was just very forced and edited and and like they just wanted to get done with it is what it seemed like I didn't enjoy it. I I barely, I mean, there was parts of, I will clarify, I guess, a little bit. There, there were parts of the story I liked. Michael Sarah plays George Michael, and I don't know um, the actress's name, but she plays Maybe Bluth. 
um, their cousins together. They have some fun stuff together. I really enjoyed their interact their interactions. Anytime that uh, Michael and George Michael are in the room to room together interacting, like that all that's all done really well. It's the stuff with the family, like the outside, like the Jeffrey Tambor and all the stuff going on with him, and like them trying to like get out of the whole. Because they're still basically like a family that's in trouble because of debt and things like that from way back in the first season. So the story really has never progressed very well. That stuff sucks. Like that stuff was boring. I did not care. Uh, and that's a lot of where the the additional dialogue and stuff was, was involved. But when when like Jason Bateman, Michael Sarah, um, Chico plays Maybe, when um, David Cross, who plays Tobias, when they're all together, that stuff was funny. And you could tell they were playing off of each other. That stuff I enjoyed, but that wasn't the majority of the show. <laughs> like the majority of it was still focused on like the blues and their past and and trying to get out of this family stuff. And it just was it just didn't work well. It didn't jive together. It didn't blend well together. It just was it was bad. It was done very poorly. So I'm gonna give the second half of the rest of development season five. Let's give overall season five. Like I'm gonna give it like. 2.3 poor poor edits out of five yikes that's a that's a dumper which is really sad because it, it was such a great show to start with from what i hear i mean mm-hmm. i know you loved it a lot of people i know loved it but it doesn't seem like the netflix move was kind you know they, they started mm-hmm. running into scheduling issues with the actors and it just didn't seem like it was the same quite after this. so would you would you say that it was like post netflix it's not been as good as what it was before. Would you agree? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's uh, um, that, that's that's probably the the most uh, accurate thing you could say. <laughs> um, honestly, it should have just. I mean, I think the idea of what people had as like saying it was you know perfect sitcom and blah, blah blah from seasons one through three. How much love people had for it and people how much people wanted it back. I think the the idea of that and the the memories people had of the first three seasons, honestly, like this is a case with the last two seasons. Like you, you, you should skip it. Otherwise your idea of the series is going to be a little, little tainted because, and and I'm normally a proponent of like, you know, you had, it's like a lot of people like complain about remakes or like sequels and stuff like that, where they're like, you ruined my childhood and stuff like that. (laughs) And like, I don't think it necessarily ruins... It does definitely doesn't ruin the first three seasons. You can go back and watch the first three seasons and love it. You know, there's so many references, so many jokes, so many, like, smart things that they do. But your overall thought of the series will be tainted because it's official. You know, it's all the actors. It's, you know, it's it's by the same creator. It's like, it's all the original people and everything. Minus, you know, a few actors who couldn't come back in for certain parts. But, I, but like you said, the scheduling and stuff, it really ruined what could have been great i also think the time difference too like the between the third season and the fourth season when netflix picked it up there were years you know mm-hmm. and it it's hard because the first three seasons those guys were together a whole bunch and they were filming on a normal schedule and they were in the midst of a tv show you know creating a sitcom and then all these a bunch of these actors blew up and got different jobs and stuff and it's hard to have that same chemistry and have that same um same essentially magic that they would call it during that time because it's just, it's not the same anymore. And I think that was part of it too. A lot of people put the first three seasons up there as like one of the best, you know, sitcoms, 30 minute shows of all time. And I think if you, you have to include seasons four and five in there, if you're going to, you know, have that argument. Um, And it does, it does taint the overall thoughts of the show as, as a whole, 
you know, the first three seasons are great. I love them. But the overall thoughts of the show where you rank it all time, you can't put it up there as one of the top shows anymore because of those seasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's always the worry. When it's, when something gets picked back up or rebooted or sequeled unnecessarily, this, this seems like exactly what people don't want to happen, which is a bummer. It, it really is. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I think Netflix will be just fine. <laughs> yeah. But it's a shame. It's a shame to hear only 2.3 uh, bad edits out of five for Arrested Development. Uh, maybe may the final season. We don't we don't know for sure. That's what it seemed like with the last scene was that it was the, the, the finale. So maybe best to mercy kill it and leave it be. Reboot it in three years. <laughs> uh, Arrested Development in the TV corner. Television! Nobody puts baby in a mm. uh, we're moving from TV <laughs> and to the movie portion of the show. Let's start by making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. Seth has a movie quote. I need to pick the movie and the character who said it. Your quote this week is... <laughs> <laughs> your mama's pussy was the canvas <laughs> your dad's dick was the paintbrush boom you're the art <laughs> uh first of all that's i got like nice and then uh 69 69 and then uh there's that one uh, any other oh here we go oh that's nasty and uh, of course, there we go. Uh, I I gotta tell you, I have no clue. It's is it from Twenty Two Jump Street? It is not. Damn it! Um, it's not Five Hundred or Million Ways to Die in the West. <laughs> no. God, that was bad. Uh, Came out in twenty thirteen. Any other guesses? Is this said by a black character? It is not. Oh. I don't know what the race has to do with this, Cody. Well, believe it or not, Seth, there aren't a lot of movies with black people in them, so that was going to help me narrow <laughs> down. <laughs> we saw it this the same weekend as... We saw it in the same day as Man of Steel. Oh, I know it. <laughs> it's weird that this is why I know it, though, because that's like... I specifically now have a memory of that day. Um, I cannot remember who said it, but I'm pretty sure the movie is This Is The End. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> um, Remember who does paintings in that movie? It's got to be James Franco, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I might have been able to get there in time, um, but uh, yeah, I was I was totally thrown for a loop. But that is a, that's an underrated comedy. That movie's pretty funny. I haven't it's thought about it in hilarious. ages, though. I I don't think I've seen it since theaters. I don't think I have either. But I was looking through the quotes, and I'm like, "Yep, remember that? That's hilarious." And like, there's a ton of really funny quotes in that. Oh movie. god, it, it's a laugh a minute for sure. And then I think Hermione shows up and beats the fuck out of him at one point. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's and one then, of the quotes. Um, Michael Sarah gets his head slapped off his body by Rihanna in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's a good that's a good movie. I, I definitely recommend um, this is the end if you haven't seen it or if you haven't seen it in a while. That shit is funny for sure. That's almost fucking six years ago that came out. Yeah, I feel old as shit. Thanks for reminding me about that. Uh, don't forget, folks. Your mom's pussy is a canvas, and your dad's dick is the paintbrush, and you are the art. <laughs> that uh, that's, that's just beautiful. It really is. That's beautiful. 
What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! My name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! All right, let's move on and into a couple quickie pieces of movie news. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. So, uh, Seth, (laughs) I'm going to give you two projects that are in the works, and I want to hear which one that you think is necessary and which one you think is unnecessary. Okay? Is this a... a, uh... Quick segment of Hycosethicals. I guess you could call it that. You could call it a Hycosethical. Um, so here are the two projects. Now, that said, these are both actual projects that are in the works now. They, they, are, they are apparently happening. The first, a sequel to last year's Tomb Raider movie is in the works. And the second, a prequel to Greece. That is called Summer Nights, and will will <laughs> feature Danny and uh, Olivia Newton-John's character, who's oh Sandy, um, in their summer before school started. So, which of those do you think is completely unnecessary, and which do you think makes sense? Oh, I'm definitely in for the Tomb Raider. That's what I'm Tomb saying. Tomb Raider movie. Yeah, because we yeah. we really enjoyed that one. It it's one of those movies that um, you know, it's easy to pick at critically, like if you really wanted to hone in on it. But um, but we had a great time at it, and I and the I'm, I'm failing to come up with the actress's name. Alicia Vikander. Alicia Vikander was great in that, and I think they set up a cool little world and a cool kind of vibe to that. So I I'm in agreement, and I thought that's what you would say. Uh, super in for a Tomb Raider sequel, but a Grease prequel. I don't know if you're a fan of Grease or not, uh, but I am, and a prequel seems very stupid to me. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of Greece. I've seen the first one um, before in my life. Um, yeah, I, I don't care. Uh, I'm really just kind of surprised myself that I could pull Alicia Vikander as quickly as I did, but I couldn't fucking think of Jason Bateman a little bit ago. So <laughs> the the brain is a the brain is a strange is a strange place. Um, yeah, I I am the the news like I don't give a shit about the Greece prequel. In fact, I, I, I whatever. But the Tomb Raider sequel is, is I think, very cool. And we weren't sure, based on what it made last year, we weren't sure that it was going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But it is, is certainly welcome news to see that it is. So that's very cool. All right. That's, if, that's it for the, movies, uh, for the movie news this week. Um, but uh, I do want to give you all an update on my big old movie adventure. <laughs> I, still, I still don't have a sounder <laughs> for it. So, <laughs> so that's, that's what we have. That's going to be the sounder for it for now. Um, but, uh, (laughs) I have made my way through phase two of the Marvel cinematic universe. I'm 14 films in, and it's been about that many days. So I don't watch one every day, but some days I watch two. So on average, I'm watching an MCU movie per day, which, uh, has been more enjoyable than I thought it would. I thought it would be more work, uh, but it has been very fun. And on the whole, I would say this, um, Gross. Almost every movie that I've watched, I've enjoyed more this time around than I did before. That's almost universally true. The exception, Thor the Dark World. I, I, I came into Thor the Dark World and was like, this has got to be better than I remember. And better. it's got to be better than everyone says. No, it's not. It's bad. It's not good. <laughs> it has a very crappy score. I think the score for me was the biggest thing that was a problem because... They'll show you action on screen, but then they like don't score it or they score it with some very quiet like strings and it doesn't, it makes everything seem boring because it's not big and loud. 
like you would expect. And I understand maybe trying to go for something new, but it, it was edited very weird. They would go long stretches of battle without showing Thor, which seems stupid. Like in every other, in every other movie, you might see some side characters fighting or something, but then they always cut back to the one you're supposed to care about. And it makes you care about that battle. But they would go long stretches without showing Thor in it. Uh, Natalie Portman is totally phoning it in in that. that that's very clear. And then her whole storyline just seemed misguided. And the reveal later on that the ether is an infinity gem, like knowing that the ether is an infinity gem makes this entire movie very dumb because there's no reason Natalie Portman should be able to have it in her body without exploding. Mm. Like there's no, that should not happen. And it does. And then you find out later that it's infinity gem and it, it, it doesn't make any sense retroactively. Malekith is a terrible villain. And it, that movie's bad. I'm just, I'm, whatever you thought about Thor of the Dark World, it's it still is bad. But a, a shocker for me, Guardians and Guardians 2, uh, I really enjoyed Guardians. I did not like Guardians 2 when I went to see it in theaters. And I haven't watched it since then. But I watched it a second time, and I really, really liked it. I, um, <laughs> I have it ranked pretty highly on my new list that I'm making and I think that part of the reason why is because I watched Gar- I watched them both at this on the same day, back to back because that's how they work in the chronology. And so I think Guardians One kind of buttered me up for the type of jokes they were going to be telling and the vibe and everything. Buttered. What butter? Butter. Are you guessing butter? Mm-hmm. It's not butter. <laughs> you said buttered. It's not buttered. <laughs> Neither words. Uh, but I think I think Damn. that Guardians One prepped me for what I was going to see in Guardians Two. And that made me more agreeable to the whole vibe of it. So I, I liked it a lot. I think a lot of it works. The comedy works. I think that Kurt Russell is still weak as a villain. I didn't like that angle, but everything else in it seemed to work pretty well for me. Um, and so I, I liked Guardians 2 a lot more than I have. And if you know me in the past, I've shit on that movie a lot. Another movie that I've shit on a lot that I really enjoyed this time around was Avengers Age of Ultron. I This movie has almost all the same fun as Avengers. I'm telling you like the, the gap between age of Ultron and the original Avengers movie is not as wide as I think people think, or at least it's not as wide as I thought it was before. Um, but you get a lot of the same, I mean, it's still Joss Whedon. So you get a lot of the same kind of really cool layering of the combat and of the storylines. Sure. Some stuff in here doesn't work, but there's some great combat. Ultron is not a good villain, but he's doing enough to stay interesting in this. Tony Stark's arc in the, in Age of Ultron makes it covers a lot of distance and is very cool to see. It's kind of the beginning of the idea of Infinity Gems is in this movie. There's a lot of stuff in Age of Ultron that is really cool. The whole thing with Thor is very confusing and, and weird. That 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 would be the main <laughs> thing that I would point out when he goes to that pool and has a vision. Uh, that that was I very think that strange. Has to do with Ragnarok. Place. Yeah, but then no, knowing what happens in Ragnarok, it doesn't seem to fit. Like and I remember, th- I remember we were told that when we saw it, like, oh, it's got a, it's a Ragnarok thing, but then it isn't. So it was, it was strange, and I think it was an editing, a weird editing thing. The fact that that pool, he just he just showed up at that pool with no explanation, <laughs> yeah. you know, and took his shirt off and shot some lightning and had a vision. It was very confusing, <laughs> and was still confusing even afterwards. Um, the introduction of of Vision as a character in this movie. Um, I deeply dislike him as a character, but in this movie he seems to work because he's very limited and and uh, you don't know much about him and stuff. After this, I 
very much don't like him. Well, I mean, we'll see as I continue through, but Age of Ultron was a surprise. The entirety of, of Phase 2, for me, just really entirely was elevated. Um, and I, I watched Ant-Man last night. It's the final film uh, of Phase 2. And Ant-Man is just a delight. I always did like I always did like Ant-Man. Iron Man 3, uh, I've always been a fan of. I, I still really enjoy. So there's a lot to like, with the exception of Thor 2. Phase 2 really bangs. And, um, I, you know, as, as maybe others are following along and, and watching the MCU, I would, I would ask, you know, do you agree that as you're going back through that you're enjoying them more than you did before or how, how maybe things have changed for you? Um, but for me, it's been, it's been a pleasant surprise to come out of some of these going, yeah, I actually really did enjoy that, uh, except for Thor 2. That was, a sl- it took me three days to watch Thor 2. I kept stopping it to go do other things. And, uh, I don't do that with movies. You know that, like I don't stop movies. Um, (laughs) Oh, winter soldier was, is in phase two. Winter soldier is still one of my top couple of, Mm -hmm. of Marvel. That movie is just fucking great. Like it's, I, that's it. Like, it's just great. That's all it is. Top to bottom. It's good. I'm really excited to move into phase three in the next week. It's all bangers in phase three. It's a civil war. It is, um, uh, I don't remember the order, but it's Civil War, Spider-Man, um, uh, Doctor Strange, um, Ant-Man 2, which I, I really didn't. Ant-Man, and Doctor, Ant-Man 2 and Doctor Strange are ones that I didn't like, but I'm hoping I like more. Uh, Spider-Man, Ragnarok, Infinity War. So it, it, Black Panther, of course. Like, There's a lot of bangers in, in the third phase that I'm excited to get through in this next week, uh, leading up, of course, to Endgame uh, a week from today as of the release of this podcast. So... I'm still plugging through, and in general, the thing that I, you know, the 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 way I would summarize is it's 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 more entertaining at least and more fun than I remembered, and that's been very rewarding for me for sure. So that's the update on my big old movie adventure. I'm two thirds of the way through the MCU. Uh, if you're following along or if you're not, uh, let me know what your thoughts are on some of these movies, especially from Phase Two. If you think I'm wrong and Age of Ultron is still a fart box, or uh, if you want to defend <laughs> Thor Two. Uh, let me know. Uh, I, I, I don't know why you would think Thor 2 is good, but let me know. Is fart box your word? It's not fart box. Uh, that's your second guess. Um, Damn. And uh, let me know on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael what you thought of some of these movies. What were some of your favorites from phase two? And, um, and I'll be back next week to talk about phase three on the movie adventure. <laughs> it's too short. Like, I like that sounder, but it's too short <laughs> to keep. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I am gonna have to come up with with another one, but um, but that's it for this week, and and we're gonna stay with the theme of the MCU as we go into this week's edition of Mambo Number Five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number Five. Seth, this week we're talking sidekicks. These are not uh, not the heroes that we think of first, but uh, but they're little buddies, and. Um, we had a, a couple stipulations that we put on, you know, how we deem a sidekick. So what, what were some of the rules that we laid out for this one? Uh, not, I mean, not a whole lot. Um, it basically it could be anything that's not a villain or, um, I guess, full villain by the end. And uh, could be a robot, could be AI, could be anything that's a side character that uh, is an ally of the main character or characters. Yep, that's it. Sidekicks. Uh, no Robin here, though, because that's DC, idiots. So mm-hmm. let's uh, let's talk about our top five MCU sidekicks. Number five. 
Because this one's kind of like just uh, doesn't really have a whole lot of bearing in the story, but I really enjoyed this character a lot. It was Korg from Thor Ragnarok. Ah, I forgot about Korg. Korg is so great. <laughs> Korg is hilarious. He uh, he does aid a little bit, um, but not a whole lot. He's just more there for comedic relief and and all that. But uh, God, I, that movie is great. Um, he is great. And uh, it's it's hilarious that Taika Waititi <laughs> does the voice for him too. Mm-hmm. Just a character I would I just would love to watch as many times as possible. Every time he's on screen, there's a smile on your face. Yeah, I mean he like I said he does help a little bit, but not the best sidekick in the world. But it's just more I really like this character. So my number five um, is I think maybe the first sidekick that we ever got in the MCU. I have Rhodey slash War Machine at number five. Okay, and. Uh, you know, starting in Iron Man 2, he gets in the War Machine armor. And Don Cheadle is so great in this role. Um, and I love the way they use Rhodey, mainly as comic relief. Um, but he he always is popping in with something witty or cool to say. And he's, he's you know, constantly going back and forth with, with Tony. Um, he's got the big inciting incident in Civil War as well. So um, I really love Don Cheadle in that. And, and he's, he's just very funny. He had some great bit parts in age of Ultron that I just watched over the weekend. Um, so he's, he's great. I, I'd be interested to have seen what Terrence Howard was going to do with that role, but I do think that Don Cheadle really, you know, oh, yeah. really does um, nail it after he comes in. Number four. Uh, my number four is a little bit of uh you could say cheat, I guess, but it's, it's essentially the same thing. This is um, your AI. It's Jarvis slash Karen. So Jarvis, they're kind of the same in a, in a little in a ways, but um, Karen is the Spider-Man AI. Jarvis is obviously Tony Stark's AI. Mm-hmm. Um, they both they both um, interact with respective characters um, in a in a fun way. Um, I like especially like Karen. She's a, a lot more jokey. Um, she even like doesn't she even like tell a joke to Peter? I don't remember if she tells a yeah. joke, but I know she tells she tells him that he should kiss the girl at one point. Oh, that's pretty yeah, funny. yeah. She's kind of snarky. Same thing, Jarvis too. Like Jarvis has uh, has has a few like jokey interactions with Tony, and like they have almost like a, an emotional connection mm-hmm. um, at certain points in the movies too. So um, yeah, I, I would definitely put Jarvis as especially Jarvis as as a sidekick because he uh, he does aid him in, in certain you know parts in battle and and with you know creating things and all that stuff too. There's like a real friendship there. And um, Karen, I wouldn't say as much yet, but I think that's going to grow over time too. So. Very well could. Uh, as much as I dislike the whole Stark suit thing in Homecoming, uh, Karen was pretty funny, so that was good. Mm-hmm. My number four comes from Thor, and uh, it's a it's a group, uh, Lady Sif and the Warriors Three in Thor. Mm-hmm. There, if I had to say I liked something about Thor Two, it's it's them. Uh, they play a little bit more of a role in Thor Two, and they're very entertaining, especially Lady Sif, who. Um, <laughs> And also is a badass fighter and just very cool. <laughs> I, I wish they had spent more. I, I wish they had had them as love interest and not Natalie Portman ever. But um, as much as I love Natalie Portman, but she was totally wasted in the MCU. But um, the way that they all fight is very cool. It's kind of, again, that layered combat like you see in Avengers. And they, they're always cracking jokes with each other. And then they're partying like a bunch of maniacs after they win. They're, all the scenes with, with those guys are super fun. Uh, Zachary Levi, who we've talked about uh, in Shazam, plays one of the guys. And um, he, he's very cool in Thor 2. And uh, they're, just, they're just badass dudes and a girl. And uh, very, very cool. So I, I dug them a lot. And they don't get a lot of credit. So I wanted to make sure they got some here. 
Number three. Once an, uh, a foe, but turned ally. Um, and that's going to be Yondu mm. from Guardians. Um, he's foe in Guardians 1, but a, a, an ally in Guardians 2. Um, I think specifically this one is just the relationship between him and Quill is is really... That, that's like probably my favorite part of Guardians 2. Um, is, is there... They're uh, kind of like father-son dynamic type thing going on. And then, you know, of course, when Yandu dies and all that stuff. And uh, I just thought that as a whole was a great moment. Um, plus Yandu with his, we've talked about it before, his fucking arrow, whistle arrow thing. That, you know, that's badass. So he's, he's a formidable warrior as well. That thing is amazing. Yeah. So I will say this. I really hated the whole dad thing in Guardians 2 the first time I watched it. I, I thought it was cheesy and dumb. I ate it up. The second, when I watched it over the weekend, I was emotional during it and the whole, like they had me in there. I don't know what it was. I, I, it's been a couple of years. Maybe I've changed. Maybe I'm more sentimental, but, uh, but I absolutely was feeling some shit for Yondu when, uh, when I was watching Guardians 2 this time. And he's just a cool, he's a cool and interesting character. And yeah, him, not only him and Quill as father and son type but when they're kind of going against each other and they're kind of screwing each other over, but you know the love is still there, that's a kind of a fun dynamic even in the first Guardians. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I dig Yondu. I didn't have him on my list, but I'm, I'm glad that you had him here because he's, he's cool. And then when he gets his big fin, is in the second Guardians and he's got his big scene where he's wasting all those dudes with the arrow, that's, that's mm-hmm. one of the most badass scenes of that whole movie. So I, I dig Yondu oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> my number three is um, almost entirely worthless. And doesn't really do anything, but makes me laugh really hard. And this is almost into, this is almost entirely recency bias because I just watched Ant- Ant-Man last night. <laughs> <laughs> but this is Luis, played by Michael Pena yeah. in the Ant-Man movies. And dude, he is so goddamn funny. Like, I think part of what makes me laugh so much about him is he's a great, serious, dramatic actor. I've seen him in other stuff be mm-hmm. very good. But he's so goofy in these and the way yep. he talks and does his recaps of things and the, the, just the way he speaks is very entertaining. And I, there's not, a, I mean, like I said, he doesn't do shit, but he's funny as hell. And I, I love him. He, uh, I heard Michael Pena on a podcast recently and he apparently that wasn't in the script for him to do that. Who, or I guess he knows a guy, I don't know if it's his friend, but he knows a guy that does that. And so he based part of his character on that <laughs> and was doing it like on set and stuff. And, and, uh, Peyton Reed liked it so much. He's like, fuck, do it. <laughs> and it became such a, such a, like a great thing that they you know, did it in the second movie and everything like that. It's yeah, it's a huge thing. And then, uh, I saw a tweet just a little bit ago. that said like, um, if Luis doesn't, uh, recap the entire, uh, entire happenings of infinity war and end game at the end of end game, then this entire franchise is bullshit or something <laughs> like that. That would be, and we all got dusted. <laughs> He should do, they should do it as like a, like bonus material on the end game thing it, for him to do the entire infinity saga yeah. as, as Luis would be, that would be funny as shit. Yeah. Number two. This one might be uh maybe a can kick, a sh- slight one. Um, Shuri yep, from, Doc, kick it. from Black Panther. Okay. All right. Do your number two then. <laughs> my, <Get> my <laughs> number two, uh, <laughs> another kick-ass lady, of the MCU, Pepper Potts and Pepper, you don't like Pepper? I just don't like Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, get the fuck out, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow, first of all, and she's just a bad chick in these. And again, I like Iron Man 2 and 3 better than most people, and she's a big focal point in those movies. 
But I think she, well, for one thing, she's she's what humanizes Tony Stark. For one thing, she she's want my Tony Stark human. <laughs> she she's his basis for everything. She just in and of herself is an awesome woman. Like she's a CEO badass. She beats some people up at one point. Uh, and she doesn't take any of Tony's shit. Like her, their back and forth is awesome to me. I love the two of them together. And she's just a bad chick, and she's hot as hell doing it. And I got, I'm a sucker for a, for a, you know, an executive in a pencil skirt. That's kind of my thing. So, and she's got red hair for part of it. So she's basically my kryptonite. And so that's part of it. I'm speaking a little bit with with my um, my loins when I talk about when I talk about Love and Pepper. But I, I, she's as important to the MCU as anybody. And so, um, and she's also a badass. So I got Pepper here. I don't care if you don't like it, Seth. You can pick who you want. This is your list. Mm-hmm. You're damn right. Might it be is. an inferior list. But mm-hmm. Number one. Now, my number one. When you hear it, you might think that's a little bit of a cheat. But if you think about it, technically, it's right because this character has never led his own movie, but he's been a part of almost all of them, and. He is never in battle alone. He's always aided by the Avengers or a different character. And that is Nick Fury. Nick Fury is clearly the best sidekick. Okay. Because he's he's been he's been a part of almost all the movies. Well, not all of them, but he's been a part of some of the most integral movies. Um, they also I thought they did a smart move by keeping him out of a big stretch of movies. Mm-hmm. Because by the time by the time he returned, people were like, well, because he wasn't the last movie he was in that was at least a somewhat part was end of infinity war. Right. Like there was a big stretch where he didn't show up. Yeah. From like he doesn't do much winter soldier between winter soldier and end game. He doesn't do much at all. And then when he, when he shows up in it at the end of infinity war, everyone was just like, Oh, you know, like I remember being in the theater, people were like, Oh, that's it. You know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So he's clearly like a character people love and care about. I really enjoy him. I, I enjoyed him and I did enjoy him in captain Marvel as well. But I, He's he's just one of those. He's a staple of the MCU. He is you know he's put it all together, but he's never been the focal point. It's always the characters around him, and he's always there to support all the characters around him in all these movies. Um, and so I think he's the ultimate sidekick when it comes to the MCU because he's he's really the driving force, but not the main attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, that's a good pick. It's not the right number one pick, but it's a good one. Uh, I Nick Fury is a badass. I love him in in uh, Captain Marvel. Really did enjoy him there, and he has a badass scene in Winter Soldier when he's in his car, mm-hmm. and yeah. they're kind of trying to attack him. And you first meet uh, the Winter Soldier. Uh, that's a sweet ass scene, and you kind of get to see what he's made of. But other than mm-hmm. that, and he also has one of my <laughs> one of my favorite quotes of the entire MCU when um, Avengers is happening the uh the battle in new york and they shoot it they're gonna shoot a nuke at the city and uh they tell him they're like the council has made a decision and he says i know but given that it's a stupid ass decision i've elected to ignore it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's one of my favorite quotes and he he's just i mean that's total samuel l jackson they they, you you can tell they allowed him to run with that character and it's very cool Mm -hmm. so yeah that's thinking outside the box seth that's what i like about you but I do have the correct right. answer, and you, you, we kicked it down the road from earlier. I'm glad that you had it at number two and you showed it some respect at least. But the Dora Milaje, Black Panther, along with Shuri, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit because I'm including Shuri in with the Dora Milaje. And, um, is that the word? I can't even say that word. Is that the word? <laughs> Dora Milaje? No, they're the, yeah. they're the, they're the women warriors in Black Panther. Okay. 
Is that the word? <laughs> You've said it twice in a row, and I can't even well, fucking say you said, that word. you said Nick Fury a couple times, too. That's the same. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> they, I mean, I don't have to explain this, right? Like, they're the most badass chicks in the, on the fucking planet. Shuri is smart as hell, and she's doing her thing. She's also providing the comic relief in Black Panther. It's it's funny because because uh, T'Challa almost becomes a supporting character in his own movie, and mm-hmm. it's because of the strength of the ladies of Black Panther that that happens, and they didn't shy away from it, uh, and it was well done. Uh, if I had to pick a single person out of this whole group, Denai Guerrera, uh, I can't remember her actual character's name, but uh, is that a Koye? It is a Koye. You're right. Uh, she has that when she she's looking at um, she's looking at. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, and he goes, would you kill me? And she goes, for Wakanda, without question. That is a fucking mm-hmm. sick-ass line. I got all the quotes from the MCU right now. and um, But all, all, all the ladies of, of Black Panther are, are the top sidekick, and it's, it's, it almost feels blasphemous to call them sidekicks because they're so badass. But um, they're, tough to, they're tough to beat, for sure. Sure, there are some more. Uh, if we're forgetting any sidekicks, uh, make sure you hit us up on the tweets. You know where to do that. And uh, let us know what you thought of our MCU Sidekicks edition of Mambo Number 5. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number 5. This is our third MCU Mambo Number 5 out of four. Of course, leading up to Endgame, which releases in seven days from the release of this podcast. Seven days. Seven days. We'll be doing one more Mambo Number 5 next week related to the MCU, and we're excited to bring that to you. So make sure you come on back and check that out. For now, we're going to talk about some non-Marvel things, but they are Disney things. So, I mean, basically, this is the Disney show. Uh, We got a couple of trailers that we're going to get into. And both of these are trailers that I'm not watching because, Seth, if we had to say, if you said, Cody, if you said, Seth, Cody, we're going to do trailers for two movies that are going to make Cody shit in his pants. Like, these probably would be one and two, right? Wouldn't you think? Uh, you got Spider-Man coming out this year. Sp- I mean, I'm excited for Spider-Man, but like, if anything can beat Spider-Man, it's these two movies. Mission Impossible. Okay, Mission Impossible would definitely make me shit my pants. That would be number yeah, one. Mission Impossible <laughs> makes me shit my pants more than anything else. More, more, th- <laughs> more, <laughs> more than out-of-date Indian food, Mission Impossible makes me shit my pants more than even that. <laughs> um, but the trailers this week, first of all, the Lion King, and that that released this past week, and from ah! that's actually you actually crushed that note, and I'm gonna probably try to save that. Um, but <laughs> it's our first look at the talking characters in the Lion King. Uh, from what I hear, it's 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 very close to a shot for shot redo of the trailer from the old movie. Uh, but I'm mainly interested in hearing about how it looks when they talk because we haven't seen that yet, but we did get that in this, this new trailer. So what were some, what was some of the things that you noticed in this one? I didn't expect it when it came out, but, um, I watched it and I was definitely blown away. Yeah. Um, I know there's been, what? I just said, yeah, I'm glad that it was good. Oh. Not bad. Oh, uh, I've seen some blowback online about it, like saying, oh, it's the same movie as before. Those people suck. They're a bunch of dumb yuppies. Yeah. I hate them. And it's going to be, I mean, it's, it's, it's a remake, a live action remake. So there's going to be a lot of the sim- similar things, but to see it in the way to see it in a different way where, you know, it's not, you know, it's obviously not 
actually shot lions and stuff but to see it in a in a different way in the three dimensions and you know quote unquote live action to you know to 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 picture what we saw as as kids in that form is pretty incredible to see um yeah from you know what they did show of the um what they did show of the the dialogue and stuff uh, worked perfectly um they even showed and one thing i thought would be maybe kind of weird for the live action would be some of like the happier songs and like you know your timon and pumbas mm-hmm. i thought would be really weird they showed a little bit of that doing the hukuna matata that was like that was perfect i i, I didn't think that was weird at all like they're, they're they show some of the key moments from the original cartoon and and uh you know even even myself with my cold dead heart got a little like a little choked up there mm-hmm. so um, I am uh, I am very excited for this movie. Definitely expecting a, a few tears to pop out of these these uh, dried up wells, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I'm I'm very excited for it. It looks great. I w- I've been nervous about this movie the entire time, and I, I continue to get more excited as it approaches and as the reception to the the footage that's shown has has increased. Uh, I'm 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 almost at critical mass in terms of excitement for for the Lion King. So I'm I've, I'm going to avoid any more footage, um, but I am excited. Of course, a banging cast uh, is is doing the voice work in this. So I'm super excited for Lion King. Uh, we're going to link to the trailer if you want to watch it for yourselves in the description box. We're also going to link to the YouTube's at Jared Buckendall. Jared did a re- reaction to this one, uh, so you can check out what his thoughts were as well. So the Lion King is one of the two movies. And uh, the other one is a, a little a little Disney movie you might have heard of called fucking Star Wars Lady and the 9. Tramp. Well, Lady and the Tramp is getting a total... We'll talk about Lady and the Tramp at a later date. That's getting a live-action-ish reboot. It mm-hmm. looks like garbage. But no, this is Star Wars. Star Wars Episode Nine, officially titled The Rise of Skywalker. And that is generating a Rise. lot of a lot of speculation around, you know, what is going to happen in this movie... Who is the Skywalker that they're talking about is a big thing. You know, what does it mean to rise? There's a lot of questions. What is of? You know, like basically every word of this raises another question. And Seth, I've been a little frustrated with this trailer because I I didn't want to watch it. I'm, I'm As far as Star Wars goes, I go, no frames. I don't want to see any Star Wars. But a lot of people in just talking about the trailer have have... It's hard to say spoiled because it's in the trailers, but have told me a couple things about the plot, some characters and things like that, um, that are in the trailer that I wish I hadn't known. So I'll ask you to keep those those things out of what you thought about the trailer. But generally speaking, what what were some of the things that you saw in the trailer? Did you like it? Did you not? Where's your excitement level for Star Wars 9? I think it looks cool. <laughs> That's it. Seth out, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and really, that's um, the I mean, idea, without, right? It's just to make you make you think. Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, with, without going into the details about it, it's hard to hard to say anything. But because there's a few things that are like cool reveals in the trailer. But uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely looks like like Ray is, is fully, you know, fucking powerful at this point. She's ready to to whoop some ass. Looks like we'll get a few emotional moments with like Carrie Fisher and some cool returns and. And all that stuff, but uh, it's it, it's going to be cool. I'm excited for it. I've 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 enjoyed the the new Star Wars movies, Episode Seven and Eight, seem to be a little bit more my speed in terms of in, in terms of these Star Wars movies type of thing. So um, I'm excited for it. Definitely will check it out. The Rise of the Skywalker thing is interesting. That's another one I saw people ranting about because like people saying it's basically Disney clickbait, but 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the point, too. They're trying to sell a movie. What else is a movie title um, besides clickbait? <laughs> right. I think it's kind of interesting, though, like hearing some of the speculation. That that's that was the issue I think a lot of people, or the, some of the people I had read, had with the title, is that people are going to be speculating for months, but that's kind of what Star Wars fans always do. So They did it with Last um, Jedi. They did it with Force Awakens. Yeah. Every movie, they've yeah. done that. Should be cool, though. I'm, I mean... Obviously, it's not. It's probably not even in my top ten most you know anticipated or whatever this year. But uh, I'll definitely be there opening night and you know excited to see it when it comes out. But yeah, it's it's interesting. It was kind of cool being in Chicago and and hearing people react to it and and uh, you know being around that environment when I was around it. But uh, it's interesting. It, it, it's uh, it's it's kind of funny it's coming out in this year you know it seems like this should be something that comes out at kind of its own you know like force awakens felt like it kind of came out and that was the biggest thing that year mm-hmm. you know saying the last last jedi but there are you know two three other movies coming out this year alone that are you know kind of you know end game is going to be the biggest movie of all time so it's like people aren't even thinking about people are we're thinking about star wars this weekend but you know past you know, once once Tuesday rolled around and the convention was over, people are back to thinking about Endgame. You know, so yeah. it's uh, a, a, you know, obviously Star Wars Fever will kick up again in November and 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 all that stuff, especially once the game and and the Mandalorian comes out. But it's interesting. It's uh, it's it's I think it's going to be a fun little ride those last few months. Absolutely, it will. And and we talked about this maybe not on the podcast, but maybe just the two of us. And I, I think generally MCU has kind of surpassed Star Wars in a lot mm-hmm. of ways in terms of excitement. I I, I I suspect it will do more money than Star Wars will this year. But uh, what I learned about myself this past weekend is that for me, that is not for me. Star Wars is still first. And I think Star Wars just taps into something just, you know, basic about me that that it's always going to have that effect because I haven't watched the trailer. But even knowing that there was the trailer and seeing people's reactions to it and seeing stills from it and seeing the new title, I, it revved my shit all the way back up and uh, and I, I am I'm still obviously stoked for MCU but uh, Star Wars is my first love so that made me pretty stoked except for the fact that I have to wait now almost exactly eight months <laughs> before I get to see it and I have to dodge tweets like raindrops to avoid any sort of spoilers or speculation so that's going to be an exercise in my ability to uh, I, I should take bets on whether or not I end up caving and watching the, the trailers but um I was able to avoid them for the for Last Jedi, so uh, hopefully I can do it for this as well. So, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. We officially have our title and our trailer. Check it out in the description box. Let it, let Seth know what your thoughts were. Don't tell me shit. Um, but uh, reach uh, let let Seth know what your thoughts were. And in a couple weeks, we're going to talk to Jared about his thoughts as well because he was he was at Star Wars Celebration when they dropped it. So uh, I'm sure he was part of a big exciting scene there. So. Let's uh, let's move forward from trailers into some movies that have already come out, and uh, I, <laughs> I'm excited to talk about reviews this week. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I I'm gonna I'm gonna say some bad things about a movie here in a second, um, and that movie is Hellboy. And you may have seen Hellboy getting some pretty rough reviews uh, over the past week or so. And I saw these reviews and I said, there's no way it's that bad. I'm going to go to Hellboy. I'm going to have low expectations and I'll have a fun time. And I still hated this movie. I hated it. And (laughs) it is bad. Like, here's a list of good things 
about Hellboy. It had some pretty good music. And I, I liked Mila Jovovich. She plays the villain in this. And she is very campy and over the top. And that's kind of enjoyable. Mainly, honestly, and this is gross, what I liked about her. She's, the entire time, she's wearing this very thin, like, nighty that's kind of low cut the whole time. And so you can't really see anything, but you can almost see everything. And it made every time she was on screen, I was like, really, I was like, I got I'm going to catch a glimpse of something. And I, and it kept me interested more than I was in any other scene. So like the best part about this movie was Mila Jovovich's outfit for me. And almost everything else about this movie sucked. David Harbour is bad in this role. I, 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 I was really excited about him, but and, and to be fair, a lot of it, I think, was the writing. Um, but he's this whiny punk in this, and he's, it's bad. His jokes are oh, bad. Oh, oh. I don't know. I accidentally hit that because I was... <laughs> what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I just accidentally is, put my hand is, down on the is, keyboard. <laughs> is uh, fucking... Who, who produced that movie? Like Universal or something? Are they coming after you? It was Lionsgate. Yeah. <laughs> Lionsgate? Lionsgate is going to come strangle me for, for crapping on their movie. But like... Give me what I want. Give me what I want. There, I, I, I went in and I sat down and I was like, I want I want a decent movie. Give me what I want. And they were like, no, <laughs> we're going to give you a bad movie instead. Like, nobody in this is doing a good job of acting. <laughs> you know, everything is, just, is a little bit too campy and dumb. The CG isn't, and this is terrible, but my, my biggest problem with this movie is the story because it was, I went to this movie and, it, okay, so everything, I was stone cold sober when I went to this movie, which is not always the case, but this time it was stone cold sober. I could not follow the story at all because there isn't, it's not as simple as she's the bad guy. You got to beat her. It's at the beginning there's an event that happens, and then that leads Hellboy to this event, which leads him to this event, which leads him to this event, which leads him to this event. And it's just this constant, like, like 10 minutes at a time, like, this thing happens, and then this thing happens. And it eventually, like, logically, it eventually leads to the climax, but it's so disjointed, like, he'll go to this location to meet this character so that he can learn this thing and get this weapon. And then he'll go to another location where he'll have a fight, and then he'll meet a character who tells him some stuff and gives him a weapon and sends him somewhere else. It's like it plays like a video game in that way. And not in a, that, I don't mean that in a good way. Like you just keep mm-hmm. getting submissions until eventually they send you to the boss. That's that's how this works. And I can forgive campiness. I can forgive mediocre acting. But it's there's bad writing in this in terms of dialogue and the plot is so sloppy. I think they're trying to just shoehorn in a lot of like Hellboy's lore, you know, and the background information from his story. And so they're introducing a ton of characters in this that don't do anything. And I, honestly, I've already given this movie more time than it needs. It's it's the it's the the last movie on my list of 2019 movies. It's it's worse wow. than even Serenity, which was my previous worst of the year. I don't really have anything good to say about it. I don't think it's going to get the sequel that it really thinks it's getting the whole way, which is even more annoying. And I'm not recommending anyone see this. Not even like a try it. It might be fun. I'm I'm not recommending it for anybody. I, I, it's just, it's bad. My, my official re- I, on letterboxd, I, re- I wrote a review and it just says bad <laughs> 1.5 stars. <laughs> so, you know, what's, you know, it's funny. 
I'm pretty sure I saw that same review for us in iTunes. So for us on iTunes, is that we said. <laughs> yeah. I I would not be terribly surprised. Um, but we already these are our listeners already, so they're used to that. But yeah. Actually, I, th- I think underneath it, too, it was Lionsgate Pictures that posted yeah, it. Yeah, so. I'm about to get in a feud with Lionsgate, which is really frustrating because they're yeah. going to put out John Wick, so they better not prevent me from going to see it. Um, yeah. So I'm still going. I love Hellboy. Hellboy's my favorite movie uh, this okay. year. Well, you you go. Spend two hours of your life watching it, and then let me know what you thought <laughs> afterwards. I would go see Hellboy a thousand times to see just ten minutes of John Wick 3. You mean that? Yes. I'll pay for you to go see Hellboy three times. And if you do that, I'll pay for your ticket to John Wick. Deal. Deal? Okay. We'll make a deal. That's four free movies. Yeah. And three of them are Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We'll, we'll let, let us know what you thought about Hellboy three times. I, in summary, I, I'm recommending that you don't spend money and go see Hellboy. If you can see it free later on, fine. If not, don't. It, it's, it's not very good. I'll leave it at that. Let's Seth. Let's go to what you saw this weekend. I'm hoping that you liked it a little bit more because uh, this is a movie that I'm very interested in seeing. Uh, but you got a little bit of an early show. Um, so yeah, while I was in Chicago this weekend, I was able to uh, at a theater pretty close to me within walking distance. So I was able to check out an independent movie uh, that's only in some of your larger cities right now, like maybe ten cities. So that was kind of fun. Um, but uh, this movie is called High Life. It's a movie I'd planned on going to in a few weeks when it made its way around here. Um, but I was able to go early. High Life is a uh, Robert Pattinson-starred movie. Um, I think um, I maybe mentioned, I, we maybe talked about him being Batman at one point, and this was one that had come up as him being kind of a, a better better actor in, more, more, giving more of a, you know, kind of his trend, because he was in Good Time, which was one of my favorite movies a few years ago. Gives an awesome performance. Same thing here. Um, he is the lead of this movie. He's really the only other famous person other than Andre Benjamin, who's uh, Andre 3000 from Outcast, He's in this movie. But other than that, it's really just a bunch of kind of smaller, lesser known actors. Uh, even the director, I think this is their first um, technically American movie. But what the premise of this is, uh, Robert Pattinson is uh, in, in some sort of space vessel. Uh, he's got a child. What you'll kind of see in the, in the, in the, in the trailer of this as well is that Basically, they're they're up in space. They it doesn't doesn't seem to take take place too far in the future. But obviously, if they're on a you know on a shuttle um, in space, it's not uh, you know it's it's a little bit more advanced. But I'm trying to say this out, explain it without spoiling it because it is kind of a puzzle of a movie in a way. But basically, it's a bunch of people on a spacecraft who are up there for a couple of reasons. Um, one is to try and learn more about black holes, and the second is to try and conceive in space, to try and create life in space. And so there are um, there are like seven or eight different people on, on the craft at once. The movie does it. It kind of it kind of goes in and out of of itself in certain terms of like the the timing. The, it takes place. It kind of starts in the middle of the story with Robert Pattinson and, and and the baby. It goes back in time to show kind of where how he got to the point he is in the beginning of the movie and and show um, why they're all there and some of the relationships and things like that. And then it also shows in the future as well. It is a very strange movie. <laughs> it it deals with a lot of ideas of. Um, I guess life in general. I mean, it's it it deals with 
the ideas of like kind of in 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 a way just isolation it deals with the ideas of conception and life uh it deals with uh, along with the the ideas of, of isolation kind of like mental stability uh it definitely is an extremely sexual movie with you know the ideas of of, of uh conception there's there's a lot of um there, there are some sex scenes there unfortunately are some rape scenes there are there's a lot of semen in this movie there's loads of jizz in this movie, and I'm not making a joke. There's lots of jizz in this movie. Huh. <laughs> um, I was going to hit a it's, sounder, it's, but I was just like, <laughs> I was so taken aback I couldn't pick a sounder. I was like, there should be a sounder yeah. for loads of jizz, but I'm not picking it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is definitely one of those movies where you, you walk out and you have to kind of do some research on it. Uh, it's not a movie you're going to really understand first viewing it's it's gonna lose you <laughs> at times it but it does explore some really interesting topics it does explore some really interesting themes and ideas um, it has some really cool space stuff in terms of the black holes there's a pretty brutal scene that they show with with uh, one person in, in a black hole I'll leave it at that it's it's pretty nuts um it's just it's just a very out there and different movie they definitely went for it and went for some uh, some some thought provoking uh, ideas in it. It's I enjoyed it. Uh, I I think it's one of those things where I walked out and didn't know how I felt about it. But the more I thought about it, the more I read about it, the more I did some research and things like that. The more I the more I enjoyed it, and the more I the the more I appreciated it. Because like most of the time, if I leave like an independent movie, whether it's a thought provoking type thing, I at least kind of have a. a a pretty solid grasp on it and then i developed those ideas as time goes on but when i when i kind of left this one i was like huh <laughs> and then and then uh it was it, and not even like a huh like i'm confused like huh what did i just watch you know like and then that kind of as i thought about it a little bit more and, and definitely read more about it and and kind of what they were going for um i i appreciate it a lot more it I know a lot of people don't like those type of movies because, you know, a lot of people like to at least have most of what is there. You know, they should they most people feel like they shouldn't have to walk out of a theater and, and do research or think about it much more to really get it. And I get that. You know, I, I like those type of movies, too. But I think this one is particular. If you know what you're getting into for that, um, I would recommend it in that way. But um, I, I liked it just because it is it does have a lot of thought to it. So I would definitely fall on the on the. Um, side of i i love it there you go um in this case so um yeah i enjoyed it a lot it's it is one that has moved up i, I put it at a spot initially and in, in my top 10 and it's kind of moved up gradually as i've thought about it more so uh everything you said has me uh, you know at least as stoked maybe even more stoked than i was before uh i like con- was it the uh was it the loads of jizz that got you more stoked? it was i was like I, man yeah. you know hellboy the problem with hellboy really is that it didn't have enough jizz um, mm-hmm. but, uh, high life sounds like it has lots of jizz. That's a good title. It's, <laughs> didn't have enough jizz. I like confusing space shit. I like coming out of a movie going, what the fuck was that? And having to Google it. Some, uh, mother, mm-hmm. mother a couple of years ago was one. I loved mother because I was like, oh, I got to learn mm-hmm. what's going on. And then when I did, it was awesome. I mean, that's it. If it's confusing and it's in space, I'm in <laughs> like, I'm, I'm easy for that. <laughs> and it's good to hear that Robert Pattinson is doing good work here. Um, yeah. I love that Andre 3000 is in this. I, it's been a long time since he's, I think like Idlewild was the one movie he was in years and years ago. I don't know if he's been in much since then, but uh, nice to see him doing his thing. 
Yeah, the, the overall performances are great. I didn't even mention that. But yeah, Robert Pattinson is outstanding. He is he's easily one of the more um I guess eclectic is probably not the right word, but he he's able to do a lot different a lot of different roles. He's very versatile. Mm-hmm. He's a very versatile actor. He can do a lot of different roles. He is one of those people where you know, 10, 15 years ago, and I'm seeing him do these vampire movies. I'm like, this guy is just going to keep doing these type of movies forever. I'm never going to like him. I don't think he's good. And he just continues to do these roles and, and just be super impressive. And this is a guy that he's going to be in the Quint- the, the uh, Chris Nolan movie soon. Like, he is... I I don't think there's any way he doesn't get an Oscar Oscar at some point. Like he is, I think he's destined to win some award here soon. So probably not this movie. This is not going to appeal to a a wide audience. Um, I don't think it'll appeal much to Academy voters either. Um, But yeah, great performance. Andre Benjamin is great. All of the cast in general is great. I think the direction is, is really well done. The, the, the cinematography is really well done, especially being in space. There's some really cool shots. Some of the black hole shots are awesome. And the sound and music is, is adds a lot to it. So um, just, I thought in general, really well done movie, but I think it's one of those stories that is going to turn a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, you certainly mentioned, and we want to make sure to send people to Does the Dog Die for all the trigger warnings um, that uh, you might experience during this movie. So make sure you're, you're aware of that going in. Um, certainly don't want to catch anybody off guard. So high life uh, and high scores, high recommendation from Seth. Uh, I know I'll be checking that one out, and uh, maybe I'll give a follow-up review when I do see it, but I- I'm stoked for this. This is right up my alley. So the uh, the other movie I saw this weekend was a, a super... Hellboy again. Uh, hell, I saw Hellboy twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, that is not. Um, that is not it. But I did see the movie Little, and... This was such a, just little, just little. Mm. And this was such a surprise and such a fun time for me. I, little, by the way, is, is big in reverse, uh, you know, which is funny. <laughs> it's, it's funny because we just did Shazam, which is, uh, you know, kind of a takeoff on big in some ways. But little. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing. I mean, that's what it is. It's, uh. Yeah, it is for everything like the opposite of big is little in general well yeah <laughs> but i mean big you're just the cr- movie big <laughs> i know but it just sounded so stupid like you're trying to explain that to us <laughs> like yeah and, we fucking know you know like if something was really big this is like not that <laughs> no so so big so little the movie i saw is called little and opposite of Regina King is or, sorry. Regina Hall is playing this. Um, you did that too. And I reviewed. Be I know you did. You fucker. You got me to do it. And so Regina Hall is playing this like total boss ass bitch, like, like executive woman, super rich, super dominant personality. And she mounts off to a little kid and a little kid who has a, like a play magic wand casts a spell on Regina Hall and says, I wish you were little. And then she wakes up the next day and she's like 13. And the 13-year-old version of her is played by Marseille Martin, who is absolutely going to be a huge deal. She is an executive producer on this movie also. She is one of the stars of Blackish, And uh, she's the star of this movie. She also, I think, was a, had a, has a portion of the writing credit for this movie. And she is going to be a star. She has a... She has a... I think it's Universal first look deal she's like the youngest person to ever signed like a first look deal with um 
with a studio like this. And so Marseille Martin, you're going to hear about, she's great in this. She's really carrying things. She's very funny. She does a good job of portraying someone older than her in, in her own body, which is tough to do because she doesn't have the experience. Like Zachary Levi playing a teenager. He was a teenager. He knows what that's like, but Mm-hmm. This girl doesn't have that experience to draw from. So she does a really good job. Issa Rae is kind of her sidekick in this. Uh, if you've seen Insecure on HBO, she's the star of that. I think she's going to be getting a lot more roles soon too. Um, she does her job in this. You know, nothing. She's not going to win a fucking Oscar for this this kid's comedy, but um, she does her job. She's very funny. She's super like charismatic and cute. And like you just, she's the kind of actress like you see her and you just like want to, spend time around like Brie Larson has that same quality you're just like she just seems like kind of person mm-hmm. I want to be around um and so Issa Rae is kind of that in this this movie is hysterical I mean it's a joke a minute um there's a lot of like comedy for black people in this like a lot of the slang and a lot of kind of the things that they're dealing with are specific to black people so uh, but that's not to say that it's like white people won't enjoy it like that's that's not it at all but <laughs> It's, it's definitely written from the perspective of a black woman, I guess is what I mean. But it's hilarious. It's got some really sweet messaging in it that um, it has some pretty, you know, some nice, impactful emotional moments in it. And it was just a blast. Super funny. I had a, fu- a super fun time at it. I, at my whole, the whole crowd where I was was laughing uh, throughout. I, I was having some pretty heavy chuckles as well. So Chuckles. It is not chuckles. You just used your third guess Damn. too. i'll tell you what the word is in a little bit but little i highly recommend to everyone i'm telling like it's it's not often that a movie i mean think about this like when's the last comedy that you went to that you were like that was genuinely funny all the way through and i had a great time they're becoming increasingly rare and this Mm -hmm. is absolutely one of those movies that like you're just gonna have fun if you don't catch it in theaters hopefully you'll see it on netflix or you can rent it later on but i definitely recommend this it's a it's a super nice comedy and it's just i mean that's it it's just it's just fun and nice and good and made me feel happy when i left like is it gonna win an oscar no but it was a blast i currently seth i this is gonna surprise i have it in my top five right now for the year like Hmm. it was just a super great movie experience going to and and I recommend it for everybody. Uh, no, no, no disclaimers at all. I might check it out if I have some time this weekend. Yeah, you should. It's charming as fuck. I mean, and it, like I said, maybe everyone won't like it. Maybe it won't connect with everyone like it did with me. But I, I certainly had a blast, and that's all, that's all I can really speak to. So I, I hope you see it, and I hope you like it. And if you don't, then I'll debate you about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think a lot of people will. I think it goes without saying after all that that as far as little goes, I love it. So. The only movie that we hated this week was Hellboy. So don't don't see that butt fart of a movie. <laughs> Save your money for something else. <laughs> go buy like I would rather buy a twelve dollar smoothie than go to Hellboy again. That's what I th- and I'm I'm gonna get up I'm gonna get down a, a, a whole path if I start talking about Hellboy again. So let's leave it at that <laughs> this week for our movie reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. Hated it. Little is big in reverse. <laughs> Maybe that's the title. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we are uh, we are approaching the end of episode number ninety, but before we go, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I'll go first this week, and my one more thing comes from the world of sports, and I was sports. I was so glad. Yeah, let's hit the sounder here. Sports. And boom goes the dynamite. I was 
very fortunate and very glad that I, I decided to, I was, I had plans on Sunday morning. I was going to go skiing and the masters was on. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick around and watch the last round of the masters and then I'll go skiing later. And so I did. And I got to watch a very, very special moment in sports history. Tiger Woods uh, was able to win the masters. It's his first major tournament win in like 11 years since, you know, all the tiger shit happened to him. And then he was injured, never thought he was going to play again. And then he comes back and he wins the Masters. And it was one of those moments that made me love sports in general. Because it's it's a complete arc of... A, there, there will be a Tiger Woods biopic made. And it will be amazing when it comes out. And this will be the climax of that movie. And it's going to be super fun. Like, the you can't write this kind of drama... You know, the, the the way that it all played out, he had to come back in the final round to win and hit a couple key shots. And But what I will point you to, and I'll try to link to this if I can find some video, is when he finishes, his emotions coming out of him at the end of that round. And he's hugging people, and people are congratulating him, and everyone's emotional. Everyone is crying. I was crying in my apartment just watching golf, which I didn't think was going to happen to me. Um, it's the second time in two weeks I've cried. <laughs> First it was Kofi Kingston and then Tiger Woods. I mean, I've cried other times than that, but like some sports shit has made me cry. And it was, if you don't like sports, fine. If you aren't a fan of Tiger, I guess I understand. But like, it was a very special moment. One of the best in sports history. And I was glad that I got to see it. So I'll link, if you haven't watched it, uh, check out the description box and you can watch that. And it just, it, it's, it brings you all sorts of feels and it's just awesome. So I congrats to tiger since he's listening. And, um, it was very, very exciting to get to watch that. Motherfucker. If tiger's listening, we better be getting some better ratings than this. He better promote the podcast or at least give us some money for it. There you go. <laughs> My one more thing is, so of course I talked a little bit about, I was in Chicago this weekend for the celebration and stuff. I didn't go for the convention, I went for, there's a bunch of different shows and podcasts and stuff uh, recording during that time. And so one thing that I, that was, that was really uh, disheartening and, and, and uh, um, kind of definitely pissed me off a lot was I went to a comedy show on Friday, lucky enough uh, to be in, in the front row. And it's during, it's a, it was a uh, recording, a taping, a, you know, a, for, for someone's special, their first special they were ever putting on film. And um, I'm a fan of the guy um, from different podcasts and, and the Schmodown that, Co- that Cody and I watch. And, and uh, this guy, so, you know, recording his first ever special, sold out place is great. Uh, there at the late show, 1030 show. A couple seats down from us where Jared and I were sitting was were these two British English guys who... Um, from the beginning were being very obnoxious. They were clearly drunk from all of the Budweiser and different, uh, different, uh, cups they had, um, around them. But, um, from early on, they, they, they mentioned that they didn't know who the the comic was that was going to go up there. And, and, and at a normal comedy show that can be fine. That's, that's normally fine. Um, if you don't know who's going up there, but, um, this one was, I mean, there were tons of fans who, who, know and and um you know through the schmodown and things like that know who the comic was so that's part of why he taped it there was because he knew he was going to get a big crowd reaction it was going to be a great show and everything like that and then these two jackasses in the front row 
um, the entire time were being obnoxious. They were talking through the entire set. They were, um, they, they, they ended up having to basically get kicked out. But the, you know, the comic who was up there was even said, Hey, fucker, shut up. And that's, again, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about with movie theater etiquette is just shut the fuck up. This, you're not there to, you're not there to be, you know, part of the show. Uh, unless you're asked specifically, you know, that this one was like, this one was even more amplified though, because this was being put on film, you know? So like they're even told that they were told that before, Hey, this is being recorded. This is being, you know, a special blah, 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 be quiet. They were called out earlier in the show by the openers. Like that's just the, 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 the if you were ever at a comedy show, especially one that's being recorded, just be, just be smart, <laughs> enjoy the show, but don't just, nothing pisses me off more than interrupting a show for other people. And I, that luckily I, you know, I had some drinks in me and stuff, but, um, I, I was, I was more calm than I, than I wanted to be. Cause if, if I was, would have been a seat closer, I would have fucking backhanded the guy, <laughs> the guys, um, just, just be smart. Don't be an idiot and be respectful. Even if you don't know who the person is up there. Yeah. It's a reminder that I think, I think it, even those of us who are courteous need from time to time. Like we're not the only fucking person around, no matter what we're doing, if it's a movie or a show or mm-hmm. whatever, and just be cool. Like, that's it. Just be cool and don't be an asshole. Or Seth is going to, he's going to be the etiquette Avenger and give you a backhand. And then you're going to wish you had been nice. <laughs> I ha- I've, I've never hit anyone, but I have called people out before. Um, sometimes a little too early, but I have, I have said, I've had said, I have said things before. Yeah. And, and rightfully so, because not only that, and yeah, you're ruining the show for people around you and stuff, but especially in stand up, and I do stand up, it is a nightmare when someone starts fucking talking during your set. It is the worst thing. It completely throws, those shows are all based on a rhythm and a structure mm-hmm. that they were planned. And some comics are really good at dealing with it, but, but a lot aren't. I'm not. And it, it just ruins everything for everyone involved for one person to be a dickhead. So don't be that dickhead. If SoCo listeners, mm-hmm. we only, only nice people listen to our show, so we don't have to worry about this, but you know, help, help keep the people around you in line and don't be an asshole. Don't ruin stuff for people. I think that's a good reminder. Don't, don't ruin stuff for other people. What do we got? We got Tiger Woods and we have common fucking courtesy this week and one more thing. <laughs> but I'm down to one more, one more thing. That'll do it for episode number 90 of the SoCo show. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at 90 and that seems like a fucking lot. Um, and it is. We're almost triple digits oh, here. I know, so. we're getting pretty close. Uh, and we're excited about that. As, as, we, uh, as we draw nearer to our centennial episode, we'll be, uh, we'll be announcing some cool stuff that we're excited about that we've been working on. And uh, there's some fun stuff to come from, uh, from Team SoCo as we get closer to episode number 100. Uh, we mentioned it earlier in the show. In a couple weeks, we're going to have Jared Buckendall on the show as well at jared buckendall so we're going to talk about some star wars about some avengers it's gonna be a very fun time so you can look forward to that in a couple weeks we're seven days away from avengers endgame people so we are as excited as i'm sure you are uh more mcu stuff to come in the show next week uh, especially as it relates to our mambo number five and i'm sure we'll have uh, even more to discuss uh, as it gets closer so it's a it's a great time to be a listener of the soco show uh, do us a favor, share us with a friend, uh, bring someone into the party, uh, introduce us to someone new. We would be ever grateful for that. So Seth, before we do wrap up, uh, I need to let you know, you used up your three guesses and did not get the secret mm-hmm. word. 
uh, I will admit I did. All, I only was able to work the word in one time. So in fairness, in fairness, I only did use it once. Um, so I win. I don't think that means you win because it it just means that you guessed a bunch of times and I wasn't saying anything. You used two of your guesses before I used it. Um, oh. But uh, the secret word this week was yuppies, which is one of my yuppies? one of my favorite thing to call people <laughs> yuppies. Jesus. <laughs> And I, I can't remember what we were talking about when I said it, but I was referring to a group of people I don't like, which I think is how you're supposed to use yuppies. And also, don't forget to check out our sponsors, audibletrial.com slash SoCo for 30 days and your first book for free. Free. Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all of your stationery and graphic design needs. <laughs> and Mike's Wood, Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your wood worked. Love it. We certainly appreciate uh, any and all traffic that you guys provide to those sites. We do certainly love all of our sponsors. And that's going to wrap it up for episode number 90. Make sure you come back in seven days for number 91. I have been Scarlett Cohanson. And for my good friend Seth Ott, we will see you next week. Bye.